getting born in the state of Mississippi. Papa was a copper and a mama was a hippie. In Alabama, she was swing a hammer. Price you gotta pay when you pick the panorama. She never knew that there was anything more than poor. What in the world does your company take me for? Black bandana, sweet Louisiana. Robbing on a bank in the state of Indiana. She's a runner, rebel and a stunner. On them everywhere saying, baby, what you gonna? Looking down the barrel of a hot man of 45. Just another way to survive. Yeah, let the rock music play. Hearts on fire over here. We got the desire. You know what's up. You know what's coming. Here we go. Let's rock and roll all the way. We're doing it rocking style. We're doing it crazy style. We're doing it Power 32 podcast style live back in action on the Power 32 podcast with Shane Miller. Ken Mahoney, Andrew Vigliotti, and myself, Jason Fearman. We're going to give our Twitter handles and everything and all that good stuff. We are here for football, fun, facts, opinions, debates, discussions, whatever it may be. So join in. Come in on the comment section if you want, or you can hit us up later when it's recorded. But we're all here. And let's introduce the crowd, starting to my right on the computer over here. It's Mr. Shane Miller. What's going on, kiddo? Hey, what's going on, man? It's been a long time. But, yes, you know, I love you, and I was super excited to get on this. I'm back in action. I'm very happy that you're on it right now, my friend. Let me tell you that. Extremely wow. happy. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, I had to jump at the opportunity once uh, once you invited me. Well, hey, listen, I'm so happy to have you guys on right now. We're going to get into so much football talk. It's ridiculous. So going around, we got Kenbo J. Slice in the house. Kenny, what's up, man? Hey guys, thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. Appreciate awesome. the invite. Hell yeah. It's going to be it's going to be fun. Hey, Andrew knows it's going to be fun. We did. Hey, it's been a long time since we did a show together also, man. Gosh. Yeah, it's been years, man. I can't even remember. Oh my God. Amazing. you having me on, Jason. Nah, listen, man. It's a, the pleasure is mine. Trust me. The pleasure is all mine. So we got a bunch of stuff to get to. We're going to do some neighborhood news action right now. You know how we started off on Power 32 Podcast. Powered by StreamYard right now. Loving it. It'll be up on Anchor later. And always giving a shout out to Frank Fear and the Sports Column. Go to thesportscol.com if you like writing about sports or something even related to podcasting, whatever it may be. That's the place to go. So shout out to TSC. All right. Here we go. Around the table we go. Neighborhood news action. Let's see what's up first. I mean, kind of sort of the usual stuff. But I haven't got your guys' opinion yet on Aaron Rodgers and Look, I made a prediction last year before the start of last season that this would be his last year in Green Bay. And this is way before any of this happened. I'm talking about back in August or July, some crap like that. So I know he doesn't want to go there, but it seems like everything is pushing it back toward Green Bay because it's going to be hard to make a trade. And, you know, 38-year-old guy who is going to be next year and giving up two first-round draft picks or something like that, it may be in- – Conceivable at this point. So let's go round table over here. Andrew, what are your thoughts on this whole situation with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, the quarter pack? 
Well, I feel like I'm a little bit tied. I feel like I'm a little bit tied to it, Jason. Uh, you know, my big dynasty league. I uh, I joined last year and signed Aaron Rodgers in free agency. He was a free agent at the time for a three-year contract. You know, those who play dynasty football, uh, fantasy football, understand the contracts and the salary caps and how all that goes. Uh, so now I was in a predicament uh, here in the rookie draft. Do I go at quarterback at one of my top two picks? Because, you know, I, can't, I just can't trust what's going on with Aaron Rodgers right now. In my opinion, I think he comes back to Green Bay, to be honest with you. Uh, I think Green Bay certainly has the leverage uh, to be, you know, to be frank about it. It's you, you look at the whole situation, right? You know, obviously he's upset with Jordan Love going in the first round, you know, a year ago. But really, he's no threat to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, come on, as long as he's in Green Bay, he's going to be the guy. And obviously, the the coaching, you know, play calling at the NFC Championship game last year, obviously the field goal and, you know, not keeping Aaron Rodgers on the field and fourth down is a big thing for him. And I get that. And I think it is for everybody. Uh, but, you know, certainly the situation will play out where I think, you know, the competitive edge comes back in July when training camp starts with a full year. Uh, you know, the crowds are coming back. He should be 100% capacity in week one. Uh, you know, certainly Green Bay could entertain the, you know, option to trade him past June 1st when, you know, the salaries, I believe, you know, favor Green Bay. I think it's a huge uh, lift off their shoulders if they trade him post June 1st. I'm not exactly sure how that numbers, how those numbers play out. But, you know, still, if you're a team looking to get Aaron Rodgers, you have to be in a win now situation, you know, trading potentially two, if not more first round picks for a guy in his late 30s. I mean, you have to think about that. You know, you better be a team that's ready to win now if you're going to do that. You know, we've heard Denver. You know, you could think of, you know, a couple other teams out there. Uh, but certainly, I think he goes back to Green Bay. I think, you know, Green Bay is kind of in a situation where they can just kind of let things play out. They did sign Blake Bortles, uh, who has had some success in the league. You know, not a superstar by any imagination. But I think, you know, Green Bay, if they – if obviously you want Aaron Rodgers back, but if he doesn't come back, I think they are prepared enough. They certainly have the talent offensively, you know, with Aaron Jones at running back and Devontae Adams at wide receiver. Uh, and of course, tight ends, you know, they do have some tight ends on their squad as well, you know, to be able to succeed in the league. I think they'll be just fine either way. Obviously you want Aaron, but if they don't have Aaron, that's on him. I'm sure he would have to pay back some salary as well. And I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I, I think a lot of things that you said struck me right there. You know, what number one, Jordan Love is just not ready yet. Had he been ready, then maybe it's a different story we're talking about now and they would move along and do it. But, yeah, they're a ready-made uh, Super Bowl team, especially with Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback, and you can't substitute that very easily. There's only a handful of guys in the league that are going to be able to do that for you, and they're not going to leave their teams like Mahomes and the Chiefs and Josh Allen. Um, you know, Russell Wilson would be a guy that, you know, maybe would come to mind, but um, – you know, it obviously, it's definitely a situation where you, know, you swap those quarterbacks. Okay, I can see something happening, but Aaron Rodgers is amazing. Look, we missed Adam out on him back in 2005, my 49ers. Uh, we know that there, uh, Ken. So, Ken, I want to get your opinion on this whole thing. Andrew, you made a lot of great points right there. And in our comments section, Bailey Wood says that Andy is right about Rodgers, so he totally agrees with you. But, Ken, you take it away. I want to hear your opinion on what's going on here. Yeah, I think I, I share some similar sentiments to, to Andy there. Um, I think, 
you know, you, you do have to be in a win now mode if you want to go get Aaron Rodgers. You, you, you have to be close. I, I think Denver is close, but again, it, it, it's it's gonna it's it's a very difficult puzzle to put together to be able to pull something like this off. I think, and I think not only do you need to win now, but you also have to ask yourself how long does Aaron want to win now? And it's true that you know, as as the the fall starts to approach, he he may the the competitive edge may come back, but at the end of the day, you never know. Maybe he he wants to be that Jeopardy guy. <laughs> uh, you, you, just, you just don't really know. I don't think anybody truly does know what Aaron wants. He he hasn't fully said, I think, his unfiltered thoughts. And, and I think that is wise of him uh, to, to do that. But if I was a betting man, I, I would put my money that, that he's going to come back to Green Bay. And they're very likely going to go on another deep playoff run with him at the helm and probably this ends up being a whole lot of talk uh, at the end of it. I think, I, I think he's definitely frustrated. He doesn't like the Jordan love. And, and I think he sees things like Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and, and that organization really doing whatever they can to ensure success with Tom Brady now at the quarterback position. And I think that probably strikes a little bit of a nerve that Green Bay hasn't done that same uh for him and 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 right. I can't say that I blame him for some of that frustration. Hey, look, you see, I, I hear all you're saying right there, and I know. Look, the best and most logical place for him is to go back and stay in Green Bay. I mean, things are look; they were that close to getting to the Super Bowl last year, as we know, Shane. Which I'm going to go to you in a second. So logically, it makes sense, but that's where I dig in deeper. Like even like I feel like the signing of Blake Bortles was a shot in the face, like a slap in the face to him. Excuse me, something like that. So, you know, I don't know him. I'm not in his shoes. I don't really know how he feels. But to me, this is not a team problem, a per player personnel problem. It's a front office management problem and maybe an issue with the head coach, even though it seemed like things were going a little bit better last time, uh, last year, Shane. But if he does go somewhere else, he, it has to be to a winning team because Aaron Rodgers has everything and we all look at him as one of the best quarterbacks already that ever lived, but he's only got one piece of hardware as far as a Super Bowl trophy is concerned. He's got his MVPs, but he wants to win. And he's going to be around for probably five more years going on the Tom Brady diet or maybe even longer. So, Shane, you know, he I, he's not going to end his career as a Packer, I don't think. What do you think is going to happen? Um, so, yeah, I definitely agree with the sentiments from Andy and Ken. Uh, but you've got to think – uh, Aaron Rodgers shunned his whole family. Um, he's a guy that doesn't talk to his parents, doesn't talk to his brother. Um, so obviously he can hold a grudge. And the signing of Bortles, I think, uh, definitely is a shot to his ego. And Josina Anderson tweeted out a few days ago that um, Rodgers is enamored with the freedom that he would have in Denver. And he looks to the freedom Peyton Manning had when he went to Denver. Uh, of course, Peyton went as a free agent, so the, the situation's completely different. Uh, Peyton wasn't traded for two first-round picks and probably a corner or a linebacker because um, I, I don't see – I see Drew Locke staying in Denver and probably backing up Aaron Rodgers. But Denver could be a win-now team. They've got Jerry Judy. They've got Cortland Sutton coming back from injury. Uh, K.J. Hamler proved to be a decent uh, slot guy last year. And you've got Melvin Gordon – who wasn't great last year, but I think with Rodgers, uh, they're not going to stack the box on him. If they had Rodgers, of course, uh, they wouldn't stack the box on him. He wouldn't see uh, seven in the box every single down. 
Plus, they just got Javante Williams, who I, I really love in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, so, on, honestly, and Denver has a pretty good defense, too. Um, yeah. They, I think they got Ronald Darby. Uh, they just drafted the best corner in the draft in Patrick Sertan. So, they've got a pretty good team in Denver. And I think uh, if Rodgers were to go there, that would be a legitimate threat to Patrick Mahomes in, in the AFC. Um, so, you really got to think about that. Uh, of course, Rodgers probably goes back to Green Bay uh, this year, but I think Denver's definitely on his radar and would be the team he would go to in the AFC uh, if given the opportunity. Uh, I don't see him wanting to stay in the NFC, especially as long as Brady's with Tampa, because you see those guys down in Tampa taking pay cuts to stay uh, on the team because they know that team's probably going to go back to the Super Bowl, at least make a pretty big run. So um, if I was a betting man, I'd say – uh, Rodgers probably goes back to Green Bay, but I'd say there's probably a 25% chance he's traded and it would be to Denver. And Denver makes sense. He said he wants to go out west. Um, I don't know if West Coast, because Denver certainly isn't on the coast. But, yeah, it's out west, and it's in the AFC West where he would have to see Patrick Holmes two times a year, uh, the Raiders, Derek Carr, okay, and an upcoming Charger team with Justin Herbert. I don't know. I, guys – I got one team that I want to throw at you, and you just say, yeah, your name, give me 10 seconds on it. I think that if he landed in Washington, that would be the absolute perfect spot. Running game, good offensive line, maybe the best defense in the entire league. And they have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, gosh, we all love him for, you know, the amazing, whether it's his tremendous beard or coming in to save the day at the end. I think if he went to Washington, they would probably end up playing Tampa in the NFC Championship game. What do you think, Andrew, real quick? I like it. You know, you pair Aaron Rodgers offensively. That's really what they're looking for as a quarterback. You know, they have that defense. They have that defensive line with Chase Allen and company, or Chase Young and company, excuse me. I love it. Great, great fit. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I I really think so, Ken. I think that he would work out great in Washington. He would work out great in a lot of places. I mean, let's let's be he's Aaron Rodgers, right? But it's a yeah, he 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 wouldn't have a problem fitting in. I don't think anywhere. But I think Washington actually that's a Super Bowl winning team. I I think if 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 that trade were to be pulled off, I I think it's a potential. It's a playoff team with Fitz Fitz Magic at the helm. I think, and I think with. With Aaron Rodgers and 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 the up and coming receivers and and the running back uh, Gibson that they have, I think they really have a a strong chance to go deep if they can pull something like that off. Again, yeah. I don't know the logistics behind it, the salary wise and everything, but right, very promising. Yeah, it would definitely include a lot of draft picks, a lot of future draft picks, no question. But I'm sure Washington would be willing to mortgage their future and get their fourth Super Bowl ring. They had three in the '80s. Uh, the former Washington Redskins had three in the 80s with three different quarterbacks. Amazing. Joe Gibbs, way to go, coaching all those guys. But, yeah, Shane, I think uh, I really think Washington, among a lot of teams, would be great. But Washington right away comes to mind. And I think that they would obviously own the NFC East, even though I think that division will improve. It's hard to say that, yeah, obviously they're going to improve. They were freaking terrible last year. Nobody finished over 500. But what do you think about that team? No, that team would be excellent. Uh Terry McLaurin's probably one of my favorite receivers in the league, and I think he's super underrated. Guy seems to catch close to 100 balls every year he's been in the league and get over 1,000 yards. Um, and to have a legitimate quarterback throwing to him would be pretty dangerous. Um, I have a, a hypothetical to throw at you, Jason, Yeah, uh, that you might not be ready for. What if uh, Seattle decided to swap Russell Wilson for Aaron Rodgers? Russell's upset out in Seattle. 
Russell's played in Wisconsin at the University of Wisconsin, so he's familiar with the area. What are your thoughts on that? It, uh, it'd be tough. It would, it would break my heart to see Aaron Rodgers in the division getting back at the 49ers for not drafting him first, and he would probably run the scoreboard up on us, even though we have one of the best defenses in the league. So with that in mind, no, I'd rather see Russell. We're used to a Russell more, even though we have a lot of um, we have a good history against Green Bay, even Aaron Rodgers. We have a really good history against him, but history does change uh, sometimes overnight. So, yeah, that would freak me out a little bit. I think that would make Seattle an even better team. No question. I like that, though. I like bringing that up. That's a good one. Another player I want to go around the clock with you guys is Julio Jones. It seems like it's inevitable that he's getting traded. Where? Gosh, I would love to take him on the Niners. What do we give up? We don't have too many more draft picks, certainly not a first rounder anytime soon. So maybe tough for us to get him, but let's go around real quick and try to think of like a team that could possibly get him, could use him. Washington is definitely one of them. That would increase their chances. No question. Um, Don't know if he's going to end up there, but what about Julio Jones down by the schoolyard? That's what nickname I gave him the schoolyard the other day because of that song. Uh, Cause he owns it, you know, and he's 32, but he still plays well, but getting a little bit more injured. Uh, Andrew, what do you think about Julio Jones and, leaving Atlanta as Kyle Pitts comes in and becomes the new face of that offense. Yeah, you know, I, I think Julio, it's really just always been a matter of him staying healthy. I mean, you look at, you know, years between 2014 and 2019. You know, he was injured a lot in 2013. He only played five games. I think it was that foot issue, uh, Liz Frank, or some sort of foot issue that cost him the rest of the season there. And then in 2020, obviously, it was limited to nine games. But if you look at the 2014 through the 2019 season, his worst receiving season was in 2019 when he had 1,394 receiving yards. Uh, so <laughs> you can imagine he has been just a consistent playmaker year in and year out, any year he is healthy. Uh, as of, you know, talking about which team I could see him being an absolute beast on other than the Falcons, this scares me as a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. Uh, but if he went to Baltimore and played with Lamar Jackson, that would be something. I think Omar, you know, obviously with his skill set, he can run. And I think he's looking for that wide receiver. You know, they obviously drafted one in uh, Bateman in the first round. And I think he's a he's a strong player. And I, they did sign Sammy Watkins, I believe, in the offseason. Uh, but still, <laughs> you know, you put Julio on that team as the number one receiver. Good Lord, that would scare the crap out of me as a Steeler fan. But I think it would be a hell of a fit uh, for Julio. It'd be a great fit. Ken, I got another one. I'm thinking maybe even Chicago. They, they definitely need that wide receiver out there to help Allen Robinson. And we'll get to the rookie quarterbacks, uh, Justin Fields. But yeah. what do you think about either that team or do you have another one in mind? Uh, I could see I could see Chicago being a potential fit to complement Allen Robinson. They they really don't have a number two. I, I don't Miller has not uh stepped up. Anthony Miller has not stepped up in his time there. And you know, Allen Robinson is is a stud. There's no doubt about that. You know, maybe Cole Komet takes a step forward, but Julio would step right in there and be a prolific talent. I, I do wonder for him though, would he want to go and play? For, I, not that he has a whole heck of a lot of say in any trade talks, I guess. But if uh, you know, how happy would he be playing with a rookie quarterback? I I, I kind of do like uh, Andy's Baltimore take. Uh, didn't actually come to mind myself, but. With all the reports that Lamar Jackson and and uh, Harbaugh really want to start to get a passing offense under that under that under their belt and and really start to air it out a little bit more, 
you could see Julio and uh, uh, Lamar kind of connecting a little bit. I don't know about the 49ers. I'm, as you said, you know, there isn't a whole heck of a lot other than perhaps a Debo Samuel or some, some later draft picks. Um, another team that comes to mind, I was reading today, uh, I think it was Mike Tannenbaum saying that the Patriots are the perfect fit for uh, Julio Jones, which struck me as a surprise. Doesn't, didn't really come to mind, especially with Mac Jones and, and the uncertainty around who will be the quarterback here. But they don't have a number one receiver. We signed no. Aguilar. We signed Kendrick Bourne. Those are complementary pieces. Uh, solid, solid um, number two, number three, number four receivers to go with the improved tight end core. But I mean, talk about setting Mac Jones up to succeed when he takes over. If you had Julio Jones added with the potential of those two tight ends. Uh, kind of a pipe dream, my Homer mentality taking over a little, but I definitely wouldn't mind seeing that. You know, it doesn't have to be a pipe dream, and I know Shane's going to have his opinion on that. Julio Jones is a Bill Belichick player. He really is. Yeah, and, and the Saban tie, so you never you never yeah. know what the Mac Jones tie. So yeah. it, 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 is, it's a, it's, it is a fit as much of a long shot as it is. I think it's a sneaky good call. I, I really do. I think that Bill Belichick notices that he can go get Julio Jones and make things happen on offense. Shane, I already saw you shaking your head in a couple of different ways, so I can't wait to hear what you got, man. Yeah, so um, like Ken, I also heard uh, Tannenbaum say that the Patriots would be the perfect fit. And honestly, again, like Ken, I didn't even think about that as an option. Uh, but it makes sense the more you think about it. You got Cam coming into his second year. Uh, maybe maybe he does awesome. He was doing great pre-COVID last year before he got COVID. Like Ken said, Ken's a huge Cam fan. Um, Cam was everyone's MVP last year until he got COVID and then came back and just stunk. Um, <laughs> and then you set, <laughs> you set up, uh, you set up Mac Jones with a Julio with uh, getting Julio. You've got the Saban ties. I mean, look at, look at the Patriots roster and look how many uh, Alabama players are on there. Obviously uh, Saban's in his year. Um, you trade what maybe you probably, do you have to trade a first to get Julio? Maybe. Um, Maybe you throw two seconds and a fourth, and you get you get him. Uh, you've seen Belichick be overly aggressive this season. I think he really, really, really wants to stick it to Brady um, and make a big run without him this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, and especially since they're playing in week four, you get a Julio. That game becomes what most people think is going to be a blowout to maybe this is an interesting game. You've got Julio. You've got Kendrick Bourne in the slot. And you've got those two big tight ends. I mean, that's again, like Ken said, probably a pipe dream. But if it happened, I'm uh, I'm streaking through the neighborhood. <laughs> I love it. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, please don't, please, don't. Andrew. You go to bed before that happens. I'll give you a warning. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's, it's funny. <laughs> I love it. But no, you know what? I hadn't thought about the Patriots at all. For Julio Jones, and it makes a hell of a lot of sense. Really does. I like the call. Yeah, they, again, another guy who can help out a lot of teams in a lot of different situations. Even the Kansas City Chiefs, who have lost their twos and threes, they have Tyreek Hill, which is amazing. You put Julio Jones on that team, and again, they're going back to the Super Bowl. So that, that would be pretty freaking scary if you're an AFC West team, and uh, you know, again, you're not the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm hearing you guys all around on that. All right, I got a couple of things I want to ask you guys real quick before we get to the rookies of the NFL. And again, Blake. 
And you guys are listening to us here on Power 32 Podcast with Shane, Ken, and Andrew Bigliotti. Again, my name is Jason Fearman. Catch us tomorrow, actually, on Third and Three Podcast Wednesday. We'll save that for later. Same in the neighborhood news, guys. Uh, Shane, let me go back to you real quick. Now it's 17 games in 18 weeks. I'm sorry, 18 uh, week 17 game schedule that they're going to have now. Two thoughts come to mind. Here's the first one. Should they or should they not have two bye weeks? Because they used to do that in the NFL way back when. They would have a couple of bye weeks when they first started with the 16-game schedule. I think that they should throw in another bye week, including expanding the roster. Shane, what do you think about that notion? And I got another one to propose to you guys after we go through that one. Um, so, yeah, I do like the two-bye week option. Uh, I think the game's already super physical, and you've already, you're already seeing a lot of injuries uh, even in just a 16-game schedule. So now you're adding in that extra game. That's an extra chance for injury, um, extra chance for big injury, uh, extra chance for uh, overworked players, which also causes big injury. So I'm definitely uh, in on the extra bye week uh, thought. Does the NFL do it? Um Possibly, but I, I think it's probably it wouldn't be wouldn't happen for a couple of years. I think just because they see you know N- NFL is all about the money, um, and with 17 games, that's another big paycheck. Um, so right now, I don't think they do it, but it's definitely something that I thought of as well. Yeah. So here, Ken, uh, you know, thanks for that, Shane. Again, I'm, I'm I'm along the lines with you. So here, with the with the two bye weeks, Ken and. Have again have them, and it would actually create more revenue for the league because you would probably end up adding an extra week because you have so many other teams that are going to need that extra buy. Again, thirty-two teams, again plus thirty-two teams, can have those buys. So for the NFL, if anything, it gives them more weeks of NFL play if you add in two buy weeks, and the players can get healthier quicker. Hopefully, what do you think about that? Yeah, I like the idea. Interesting topic. I hadn't really thought too much about it, but it, it's a it's an interesting concept. You know, um, I, I think if you're not careful with these extra uh, schedules or these longer schedules, you're going to run into situations where you might ha- you might even start to see some load management. As crazy as that sounds, and I, I think that no, might be that's something not crazy. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, no, no, of course, and I think that's something that that I think as fans we don't want to see as fantasy. Uh, uh, Fantasy obsessed junkies, we don't want to see that either. That's just going to make our fantasy championships a nightmare. Um, so yeah, I think you, you don't want to have situations where you're resting guys too much for the playoffs. I think having that second bye week is um, it's a good idea. I mean, it extends the season, and I don't think anyone's going to complain about more football. Right, that's kind of what I was thinking. I thought that it was a win-win-win around all for everybody, Andrew. But are you with me, or am I not seeing something here? You know, I never really thought about it. Um, you know, I think having an extra week is obviously great for us fans. You know, an extra game for our, you know, to see our teams play, to, you know, have all the storylines and, you know, obviously fantasy football. So my concern this year is with the extra week, you know, did the NFL screw up with adding, you know, with the bye weeks, you know, just having one bye week. I'm hearing that we're going to have some buys on week 14, which might impact fantasy football playoffs. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that, if we're still doing week 14 as a potential for fantasy playoffs with 18 weeks now. 
Uh, so that might be a cluster in and of itself, let alone adding two bye weeks. You know, did the NFL screw up with their loan bye week for for every team? Uh, so we'll we'll see how it works. You know, I think we'll have a better idea after this season because we'll be able to see how you know the new layout is with the eighteen weeks with the seventeen games. And I think maybe this time next year we're having a different conversation or more intense conversation about it. So I think it's to be determined. To be honest with you. You know, that, that's a great answer, and it kind of leads me into what I wanted to say uh, with one more statement going around, and then we're going to get into the meat of the show over here. With Thursday Night Football obviously being so prominent, and, and you know, they, a lot of teams do get the opportunity to go into Thursday Night Football. But the schedule makers, why can't they make it where the teams that are playing on Thursday night have a bye the week before? I mean, really, how hard is that for them to actually figure out and do it shouldn't be that complicated they're flying teams over to london again this year they're bringing that back so why not again a team on sunday you know they're banged up they don't get a weak uh, chance of practice that's why we see low scoring slot games on thursday night andrew i think that the league needs to get together and have the bye week if it's just it's going to be one have it before that those teams thursday night game and keep going down the line and do doing it that way. And yeah, you don't want to go into week 14. I agree with you. Um, for even for, yeah, from a fan, fantasy perspective, and that brings in a lot of revenue for the NFL also. So they're not going to want to go that far. But again, the notion of having that going on, Andrew, the bye week before the Thursday night game to me makes a hell of a lot of sense. It's something they should do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you would think that the NFL would have, you know, if they want to put these Thursday night games together or these London packages together, uh, you would think they would have a better idea from a logistics standpoint how that would fit for every team. You know, it, it just for me, I think they're wanting to expand more and more to London or to other, you know, cities, Mexico City being another one that the NFL has dabbled in right. before. Uh, you know, it's just a lot different, you know, for these teams that the NFL is asking for these teams to go above and beyond what they're normally expected to do. And I get, you know, these guys get paid millions of dollars to, to play a sport and everything, but you know, it's a grueling game, grueling more than any other sport out there. So, you know, to me, I think that we've got to be able to put these teams and these players in the best position. If we want more out of them, we have to put them in the best situation for them to be, you know, play the game safe and, you know, to put them in the best situation, safe situation. A billion percent. And that's why I think Ken, you know, having their bye week before the Thursday night game, if it can work out, it may not work out for every team, obviously, because not every team is going to play Thursday night football. But if they can do it to the best of their ability, I think they can freaking figure it out, man. They've, they figure everything else out. Why can't they do this? I, I mean, with the amount of money they're generating, I don't think anything's impossible, right? So, I, yeah, it, it's exactly right. right. I mean, if, if you're going into uh, a Thursday night game, you, you should be coming off of your bye week or, or figure it out a certain way that makes it that makes it make sense. I, I, nobody should be going from Sunday to Thursday playing and, and the product suffers. We, we, the fans don't get a good product. They, the, the NFL itself doesn't get a good product. And yeah, there's, there, there's cleaner ways to, to, I think, put it together. And um, if they, if they need help, I'm, I'm more than happy to offer my services to figure that out as, as part time. <laughs> no problem at yeah, all. Yeah. Right. We're just, just throwing it out there. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, throw something out in the universe, it might come back to you. I, I, I totally agree. But, uh, yeah, Shane, now you to get your opinion on this, and then we're going to get into the rookie quarterbacks, which I can't wait to talk about with you guys and the teams they went 
to and all that good stuff. But again, just very simply put, the schedule makers should be able to figure this out. When we talk about players' health, safety, if they want to show that they're at least trying to freaking do that, then go ahead and give the bye to the teams before the Thursday night game as much as you possibly can. No, I totally agree um, with everyone's uh, sentiment on this. And uh, Goodell says he wants to be the, you know, the leader in uh, CTE research and everything and concussion protocol. You would think he'd step in and adjust the schedules himself if, uh, you know, the schedulers aren't getting this right. You've got guys playing Sunday and then coming back and playing Thursday Uh, in this sport. I mean, in this time and day and age. Uh, you got to worry about concussions, and if you if you seriously are worried about uh, concussions and player safety, you've got to have that bye week before the Thursday night game. Um, yeah, and I mean there are some teams that play the Thursday night game a couple times a year, so you got to think. Um, you know what happens there. I, I think that needs to change. Um, I'm not a big fan of the London game. Uh, it's usually never yeah. a great game. I mean. The, the Jaguars are obviously uh, an up-and-coming team. Uh, I'm picking them to be on hard knocks. So, uh, I mean, maybe this that year will be a better game. But, I mean, if you really want to showcase our sport overseas, why wouldn't you put two great teams over there and let them, you know, give them a bye week, send them over there, let them chill over there for a week, and then, uh, you know, do their practices and whatnot, and then put on a great show for London. Instead, they send the Jags and Texans and yeah. it's just a, it's yeah. just a, a crap game. I yeah, mean, that's another topic. Yeah, right. It's another topic. They're sending Jacksonville again this year. They go every year. It's their second home or maybe their, their real home because they have more fans than they do with their own home state. But Jacksonville's going to play Miami and the Jets are playing the Falcons. We're talking about teams all but losing records except for excuse me, the Miami Dolphins. And I can't wait to talk about them and two and the improvement they had just missing the playoffs. Last year, but all right, that was cool. I want to go around the table and talk to you guys about that. Now, what I want to get into is the quarterbacks, the rookie quarterbacks that were drafted that went one, two, three, and then what was it, 10 and 15, whatever, whatever way it went, I forget. But obviously, Trevor Lawrence being the first guy, uh, Jacksonville and Zach Wilson goes to the Jets, Trey Lance to the 49ers. Everybody was pondering and wondering what's going to go on there. I'll tell you what my thoughts about that also, and we're all going to get to chop over here and see what happens. Um, Mac Jones falls to 15, and uh, who did I miss? Uh, um, I think I got everybody. Unless I miss somebody. Justin Fields to the Bears. Trey Lance, Zach. Oh, jump! You have exactly right. Justin Fields to the Bears. I'm sorry. Uh, I can forget that. Yeah, so that trade got pretty good for them. Actually, my partner Damian predicted that the Bears would make a trade. Um, he didn't get the spot right, but he predicted they would make a trade to get Justin Fields. So here we go with all these guys in here, and it's, it could be one of the better classes that we've seen, and time will tell in that aspect. I want to touch on the Niners spot real quick first, because all the controversy around that, and you see me wearing my Niners jersey, and of course my name, so I'm a full-time Niner, and I always love it when uh, is that your 49ers fan? I'm like, yeah, I've been a 49ers fan for 40 freaking years, now 41 years, so I'm more part of that team than anybody has ever been, alright, including the owners, so um, I knew they weren't drafting Mac Jones, guys I know there's a lot of guys who like Mac Jones out there, but you do not give up two first-round draft picks and a third that season to get a guy like Mac Jones. He's not 
Trevor Lawrence. He wasn't talked about it like that. He was never measured up to an Andrew Luck or any other big quarterback that had come out any time recently. So I knew it was going to be either Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I thought it was going to be Fields, and I would have been thrilled with that. But I'm also thrilled with Trey Lance, and here's the reason why. Kyle Shanahan, the scouts, John Lynch, our GM, they know what they're doing. And they kept this a secret for a long time. Everybody and their freaking grandfather thought that they were taking Mac Jones. And it was a total smoke screen. How it got out there, I don't know. But maybe may have caused a little mischief at the beginning. So, guys, listen, here's the deal. Here's what I think is going to happen with the 49ers. I want to touch on all these quarterbacks. Jimmy Brown is going to start until either A, he gets hurt, which is almost inevitable, or B, they start losing, and he is the reason for it. So Trey Lance ideally would be in a Mac. Uh, sorry, Trey Lance ideally would be in a Patrick Mahomes situation where the 49ers are playing great and put him in the last week of the season because we don't need it, and then start him the next year. That would be ideal, obviously. But did they make the right move? Andrew, did they make the right move with 49ers by taking Trey Lance, a guy who did not even play last year, but the year before, 20 touchdowns, no interceptions. But again, at North Dakota State, where also Carson Wentz went. What do you think? You know, it's kind of an unknown at this point. You know, we've seen what we've seen from Trey Lance over the last, you know, his last year of playing. I think he actually has the most upside in this draft um, to me. You know, we've seen Justin Fields. We've seen, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence and, you know, some of the other guys uh, in, in, in the class last year, you know, Zach Wilson. Uh, but Trey Lance to me is kind of the, well, I'm kind of the guy I'm most intrigued about. And I kind of liked how you surmised it uh, in your one minute, 12 second video clip yesterday, you know, kind of similar to maybe how the Kansas City Chiefs uh, groomed Patrick Mahomes, you know, with Alex Smith being there, him kind of taking the reins in his rookie year. Uh, and Trey Lance coming in, or excuse me, Patrick Mahomes coming in week 17. We, we got to see a glimpse of him. And then Mahomes kind of coming, you know, going, showing us, you know, his skill set and, you know, balling out like he did <laughs> the next year. We were like, whoa, whoa, where did this come from? And maybe, you know, right. I'm not saying Trey Lance is going to be like Patrick Mahomes. You know, don't, don't quote me like that. But I think right. he's got a chance to impress, you know. And he doesn't have to do it right away. He doesn't have to play week one, of course, unless he wins the job over Jimmy Garoppolo. And I definitely see Trey Lance playing at some point this season uh, because Jimmy G has just shown he is not able to stay healthy for a full season. And I think that's what, you know, the 49ers are really most concerned about. I, I think when he's healthy, Jimmy G is a solid quarterback. And I think he can get you to the playoffs. I'm not sure if he can win the Super Bowl. He's very close a couple years ago, obviously, uh, going up against Patrick Mahomes. But he did miss a throw in the first half that could have changed the game. You know, credit Patrick Mahomes for coming back in the second half. But nonetheless, you know, Jimmy G is a solid quarterback, uh, but he just can't stay healthy. And I think the 49ers are you know, trying to go in a potentially different direction, not necessarily right away. They might give Jimmy G the, the, the nod early on, but I, of course, can see him going down with a knee injury or a shoulder injury or something, you know, the first month or two of the season. And here comes Trey Lance, and he might not give it up after that. We'll see. But I'm very intrigued about it. Yeah, and that's the big thing. He needs to be the second-string guy, Ken, coming at the camp because I want – him ready. Everybody's going to do what he's going to do. 
again, whether Jimmy G is failing or falling, one of the other is going to happen, unfortunately, I believe at some point, even though he did yeah. manage again away and helped out through the season. But so can your opinion on did they make the right move with the little that we know, but having the faith and the trust in these scouts and, and the 49ers who have made great decisions uh, since John Lynch has got there with Kyle Shanahan? Yeah, um, you know, I, I originally did not think it was the right move being a Fields fan, being partial to Fields. Um, mm-hmm. Though I do think that while I wouldn't say I, I think Trey Lance has, um, I, I would say Trey Lance probably has the most room to grow amongst the, the quarterbacks, in my opinion. I, I think. I like that that Mahomes that Mahomes take not because he'll be Mahomes but because I don't think Mahomes was expected to be Mahomes and and I don't think right. we really know what Trey Lance could be yet and I think Shanahan is the perfect fit for him because Shanahan just has a way to to mask the the deficiencies and and highlight the skill set and and I I don't expect greatness in 2021 so I would also agree that the ideal scenario is for Jimmy to play the year and play it well, but we've, we've seen what happens and, and he does play, Jimmy does play um, uh, uh, the position well. And and I think he he's serviceable, but I think his upside is is certainly capped. We know what he is now. And and I don't think it's a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. So I think he's, he's keeping the seat warm and, and I think if the team loses um, multiple games in the first, let's say, six weeks, uh, yeah. four weeks, I, I think that the, the rumbling is going to start quickly. I, I don't think the tolerance will be very high. I totally agree. When you go up and you draft a guy at number three, you expect him to play right away. But, again, that's not what the 49ers plan is, and I totally understand that, Shane. I'm on board with that. But when he does come along, he needs to be ready. That's why this training camp, not just for Trey Lance, but for all the quarterbacks that were taken, and we're going to get to all of them right after this, after you give your opinion, is so crucial, so vital, where we know Justin Fields is going to try to battle it out with Andy Dalton, who's going to be the number one. We know that Trey Lance is not going to be the number one, but he's got to play like he is the number one, because, again, it is inevitable. He will get in this year. No, absolutely. Um Again, like Ken said, we know what uh, Jimmy G is, and he's just keeping the seat warm right now. Um, I don't see Trey Lance not taking over at some point this year. And, uh, I mean, he's definitely got upside. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah compared him to Andrew Luck. Um, So that's big, big shoes to fill. But Trey Lance is exactly what um, Kyle Shanahan's been looking for. He he wants to run that spread offense. Jimmy – can run it a little bit, but he's Jimmy's reckless. Uh, he doesn't slide, which got him hurt a couple years. Uh, what was it last year or the year before? Uh, not sliding yep. when he was scrambling out of the pocket. Um, so if he can teach Lance to get down when it's necessary, not take hits when he doesn't have to, uh, he could turn out to be one of the better quarterbacks in this draft. Um, I still think the sample size is pretty small and playing in a, in a small college, um, it's, it's tough to say, uh, but he does have the weapons there. I mean, he's got George Kittle. He's got Brandon Ayuk, who came on big last year, playing with no nobody's at quarterback. Um, he's got Devo Samuel, if he can stay healthy. 
So, I mean, the Niners do have a pretty dynamic offense. Absolutely. So it'll be interesting. I, I think the Niners could surprise some people if Lance takes over early enough. You see, and I thought I thought everything that you said about Lance, I think about Fields also. So, and I thought that's why they're going to go there and say, you know what, forget Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's start our future right now. Let's go with, just, with Justin Fields. They, they didn't do that. I trust them, so I'm going to go with it and let it happen. Was it the right choice? We're going to find out. And I don't know, I guess three to five years from now, if they made the right decision, a lot of people said yeah, Mac Jones. Let's uh, talk about him. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, oh, I was no, just going to go say, uh, I was just going to say, John Lynch has got a pretty good track record in the draft. He's, he's done amazing in, in San Francisco. So, I mean, if I were a Nan- Niners fan, I would definitely uh, trust the process for sure. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I, I, I do trust him. And they're very, very good at keeping things quiet. That's why when something pops up like that trade that they made, nobody saw that one coming at all. They're very good at keeping things quiet in-house. So I give them a ton of credit for that. The guy who a lot of people thought they were going to take was Mac Jones. I knew it was not going to happen. I'm glad it didn't happen. Not because he's a bad quarterback or anything. I don't think that he had an amazing uh, year last year at Alabama. But a lot of people say, okay, well, Shane, it's Alabama. So, you know, they had Devontae Smith, you know, and all these other players, Jalen Waddle, whatever it may be, and they were wide open by 10 yards, but he was pinpoint accurate. He's not, not an athlete. He can move. So I can see why he's appealing to certain teams and why the Patriots went ahead and drafted him. Um, but here's the problem. Let's go around real quick on this one. Shane, what do you first come around clockwise? Counterclockwise. I have a freaking way going on. I forgot all about that stuff. So you're going to start Cam Newton. If you do that, Josh McDaniels needs to have two playbooks, obviously, right? And this is something that he's dealt with before in Denver with Tim Tebow, um, where he had to have a different playbook for him. So if you go with Cam, you're going to be running your offense one way. You go with Mac Jones, you're running your offense a completely different way, more dropback style, whereas opposed to Cam Newton, could be running the ball and they can do more bootleg action with him. So, so do you think that they battle it out in training camp, or do you think that Cam Newton is going to be number one no matter what, Shane, you first. And we'll go to everybody um, and ask that question. I, think, I, I do think Cam will go into training camp as the guy. Uh, you know, Cam, he's got that swagger. He's definitely going to go in like he's he's taking the job. It's his job. Um, but don't sleep on Mac Jones. That, that kid's good. Uh, he's real good. I mean, he threw for, what, 4,500 yards last year, 40 touchdowns, only four picks. Um, yeah, he was thrown to Devontae Smith. Jalen Waddle got hurt. So Devontae Smith didn't have, you know, 4,300 receiving yards. Uh, granted, he did have an amazing season. Uh, he broke the uh, Joe Burrow's passer efficiency. He broke um, uh, Colt McCoy's QBR rating. So, I mean, the, the kid is good, and he can move a little bit in the pocket, like you said. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Matt Ryan, and I know Ken hates that comparison. Um, but that's, that's kind of who I, who I think of him as. But I think he's – He's just got it. I think he, he's got it. This this kid is good. Um, he's going to come in. He's going to compete day one. Uh, I mean, he's going to show what he's got in rookie minicamp too. So I think there's a very good chance that he comes out of uh, he comes out of training camp as the number one guy. Uh, I think you'll see him and Cam battle it out in preseason game two and three, and then we'll for sure know the starter week four of preseason, uh, which is pretty normal. But um, I really think Mac Jones is, is it. Uh, I think he could come in, 
and win rookie of the year and be better than Burrow. I know that's kind of uh, preposterous in some people's thinking. I think he's going to be better than Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think he's definitely going to be better than Justin Fields. So, uh, and Zach Wilson, I'm not even thinking about that kid's going to stink. All right. So, so, uh, I think Mac Jones is going to prove why he should have been taken uh, number one overall. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was the consensus number one for, what, three years now? So, I mean, no one was – Urban wasn't going to pass on him. I mean, Trevor kicked Urban's butt multiple times, so Urban kind of had to do him the favor and throw him a bone. But (laughs) – you're you're gonna see you're gonna see Mac come out and he's gonna do some big things for New England. Yeah, he threw him a T bone, is what he did. Urban uh, Meyer. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, I I don't even want I don't even want to go there because that's a whole another show in itself. And I I want to spend an hour on that topic and make me go absolutely insane. So Ken, and then we'll go to Andrew. Same question posed to both of you guys. Ken, what do you think? Again, with knowing that Josh McDaniels is gonna have to have two playbooks unless they fully commit to Mac Jones, or they fully commit to Cam Newton one way or the other. But, look, they took the kid 15. They're going to play him, I would think, at some point this year. If not, obviously, next year he'll be their starter. So now you got two playbooks. Josh McDaniels, he can do it. He's done it before. But who do you think is going to ultimately have that job this season? Will Cam play well enough to keep it, or will Mac Jones beat him out in camp or something like that? I think it goes with. I think it's without question that Mac Jones will be the starting quarterback for 2022. <laughs> Shane, 2022. I think for 2021. Okay. 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 I I think it's Cam's job until he stinks it up in an NFL game or two or three, and and it might happen. It very likely probably will happen. But I think there is a chance that it does not happen, and I think that is what the Patriots prefer. I, I think the Patriots prefer uh, a growth season. I, I think it with if if Cam can control the arm, <laughs> uh, not throw it into the ground, you know, hit his receivers, throw, be a little bit more accurate than we saw last season. Yeah. The Patriots are going to win two more games and be above five hundred, and and and. And I think unless it's just absolutely putrid, like we saw for stretches last year, I don't think that Belichick is going to want to turn to Mac Jones. Um, And and I'll be honest, I didn't like the pick at first. Um, I have warmed up to it a little bit um, after, you know, reading up on, on Mac a little bit and, 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 it's 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 not as bad as I as I had thought. Um, I, I I do hope that that he gets it. I do hope that he takes the job seriously, and, and I, I do hope that he can fit in well with this system. You know, he he is accurate. He he can really kind of build and uh, sort of build off of those kind of short accurate throws. I think with this receiving core that made Brady famous for so many years, that. I think it's it's possible, but it's not probable. If I think if we're going to see him, we're going to see him by week six, or we're probably not going to see him at all. And and I think it's possible that Cam does come out, and I think he's gonna, and I think he he could be a serviceable NFL quarterback. He was a lot of people's MVP of the league after two weeks, as 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 silly yeah. as that is. But yeah, right. 
he got COVID. Um, he had a very short camp with the Patriots, and That's and right. and then um, he he never really, I think, got his footing under him. And I'd like to see what a full off season with Belichick does for him. Um, so I, I'm 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 going to give Mac a chance. I didn't love the pick. I thought that was a reach. I thought they took the fifth of five quarterbacks um, available uh, and and took the one that fell to them rather than going to get one. Uh, maybe this was their guy, and and if it is, you know, good good for them. But you know, I think in another year, Mac Jones might be a second or a third round pick. And I think with the quarterback hysteria and 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 Robert Kraft breathing down his neck, Belichick made made the move that he did. And and I, I think it, it long term, I think it looks well for 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 this year. I don't think we're going to see him unless it's absolutely putrid and and if it is absolutely putrid as a Patriots fan I hope we do see him because I can't take another year of of that gameplay going yeah. into December or January totally understand that and yes like you were alluding to before an all fairness Cam Newton he did COVID it was a shortened season if you will with no preseason everything was done on zoom so you know what do you want from the guy and then he gets hurt because of his style so he was put into a bad situation, not to mention half the Patriots team decided not to come back last year and play. Yeah. So now they're coming back. They made a lot of really, really good moves, uh, grabbing a couple of tight ends over there. Uh, the Patriots are going to be real deal business. And if Cam Newton can stay healthy, I believe that he can get the job done, Andrew. But if he doesn't, it'll be Matt Jones. But there are weapons there in, in Patriot lane, Andrew. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to compete with two Patriot homers over here, <laughs> can, but I'll try my best. I, you know, Mac is. It, we'll we'll see with Mac. I, I think we, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He improved year over year with his, you know, with his numbers at Alabama. Of course, it helps playing with guys like Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith and especially Devontae Smith last year, and he was just lighting it up. I mean, you're going from 1,500 yards to 4,500 yards, a $3,000 yard uh, improvement from year over year. I mean, that's going to get you drafted in the first round. It is what it is. Uh, you know, but the Patriots do have weapons, especially at the tight end position, uh, getting Jonu and Hunter Henry. Those are two big big additions for them. Uh, and we all know how much uh, Bill Belichick loves, A, the dad bod quarterback look coming out of college, and two, the tight end position. And he's got both of them now uh, at, at his disposal. And I kind of I, I kind of lean towards Ken in terms of how he'll be used uh, initially. I like Cam as the early favorite to get the job. Uh, he was signed back for a reason. And I think the Patriots knew they were going to get a quarterback. I'm, I'm venture to say that Bill Belichick probably knew he was going to get Mac Jones at 15. He knows the landscape of the, of the NFL. He probably knew where these quarterbacks were going more than we did. So I, I think he knew what he was wanting and likely getting. And signing Cam just kind of gives them, you know, some insurance because I'm sure he is not a fan of getting Brian Hoyer back and Jared Stone. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, as as potential starters for next year. So obviously Cam will be there. Uh, and I think he is the starter for much of the season. You know, if they get into the middle of the season and he, you know, say they're, I don't know, we'll, we'll put a record out four and four, or four and five or five and six or something like that. And they're probably not going to make the postseason. Although I'd venture to say with an extra week, they'll still be in contention, even at that record potentially. Uh yeah. 
unless, you know, I, I still see just Cam playing and being the guy unless they're totally out of it or he gets injured. <laughs> see, like I said, I can't compete. With ah, there we go. Look at this guy. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's excellent. I had the match. I had the the match fire with fire, you know. Right there, you go. There you go. I don't have a Patriots jersey. You'll never see me with one. <laughs> yeah, you guys, I for a while. Shane, listen. If you want Jimmy Garoppolo back, I'll be happy to figure out and make a trade. No problem, man. I'll do it in a heartbeat. We'll take we'll take Jimmy if you give us Fred Warner too. Oh, well, no, yeah, come on. You gotta take yeah, it. Mike linebacker? What are you kidding me? Heck no. No way. Best linebacker in the game. I love him. Thank you. God bless you for saying that. He you know what? People didn't know about him until he played in the Super Bowl and he had that miraculous, not miraculous, but a marvelous game. But for a guy who watches the 49ers every single day, I know how freaking great he is. I'm like, guys, this is Fred Warner, guy number 54. Just watch number 54 in the field and what? He's in on every single play, so I love that you brought that up. All right, let's go to another quarterback, Justin Fields. I was salivating about that country, but the 49ers didn't, and Chicago moved up to, to get him at pick number 11. It was something like that, 10 or 11. So they got their quarterback in the future, and Andy Dalton, QB1, I don't think so. I think he's going to be QB2. I think Justin Fields wins this job coming out of training camp. He's hungry. He's young. He's going to They'll look good. They're going to be able to do a hell of a lot more different plays with him than you can do uh, with Andy Dalton, obviously, who is going to be a statue back there. Dalton is a fantastic backup. Yeah, I think he can start in this league, no doubt, but he's not going to do it for Chicago. So, Andrew, with that being said, let's go to you real quick. Justin Fields, I think he wins, and he's a week one starter for the Chicago Bears for a lot of reasons, including the fans wanting to see that and needing that, needing to feel that life again. Even though they did make the playoffs last year, it almost feels like they won one game. It's that strange, Andrew. You know, I I, I actually, you know, from seeing Justin Fields play, you know, in the Big Ten uh, a lot and being a Penn State guy, and, and I think Justin Fields is going to be a pretty strong quarterback at this level. I actually like him a lot. Um, now, from oh, a – Chicago Bears standpoint, they need to get this right. They need more than any other team who drafted the quarterback this year. They need to get this right. And Matt Nagy needs to get this right. And the front office needs to get this right. So if he's not ready to potentially take over the reins in week one, that's okay to me. That's perfectly fine with me. And I'm not a Bears fan. I'm just looking at this from an outside perspective thinking what is best for this franchise. And Andy Dalton is a solid complimentary quarterback. And, you know, we kind of saw him up and down last year, taking over for Dak Prescott in Dallas with his, you know, unfortunate injury. But I think Dak, or excuse me, uh, Andy Dalton is a serviceable quarterback at this level, can still get the job done. Obviously you don't want him playing all 16 games this year. But I think, again, 17 games, 17 17. So you don't want to play in all 17 games this year. Obviously you want Justin Fields to be the man as soon as possible, but they need to get this right. They can't rush him. And I think once he ultimately gets to be in the starter, obviously the goal would be to always have him be the starter and be the franchise guy. Uh, but more importantly, they got to get this right. They need to really see how he does in training camp and, you know, go from there. Yeah, we all know they haven't had a quarterback in the longest time. They thought Mitch Trubisky was going to 
would be that well they should have uh, moved up to trade Patrick Mahomes and got Patrick Mahomes obviously wouldn't be talking about this right now but maybe they're getting their version of Patrick Mahomes uh going to UCAN on this one uh, you know it's funny I just, Andrew I gotta mention to you I'm still having a hard time with the 17 game schedule and I still call the Chargers San Diego so I I can't get out of this funk and forget about the Rams calling them the As Las Vegas Rams I feel like I'm throwing my mouth as a guy with you know Stupid. some OCD issues, you know I have a huge problem with the with the odd number of games now. So it's seventeen. So seven and ten or eight and nine is just going to screw with me for a long time. It's going to be hard for me to be used to. <laughs> it's it's true. You you used to the same perfectly you know seven and nine nine and seven it's we've had these same win loss totals it's just been in the years never be a thing again and it no just, and it just stresses me out there's no more 500 i know oh i don't that like it's so funny i listen i'm not, i've caught i'm ocd also man i gotta make sure the door is locked 742 <laughs> but i i am telling that is hysterical to me and again not making fun of you at all but that was absolutely perfect what you just said right there it's gonna screw me up for life with these freaking 17 games now yep everything is weird i don't even know like nine and eight is a record now it's not nine yeah. and seven anymore like you said oh my god how ridiculous but um i'm ready for the eight eight and one you know team this year yeah right yeah and it'll probably be philadelphia or something oh, yeah, yeah. you've got a tie or something like that oh my god now that i lost my train of thought who was next ken were you finishing up boy am i going to shame uh no i i uh i think we were on fields um though yeah, maybe the fields frankly, right frankly um yeah no andy andy was is right on you know it it really doesn't matter if 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 he's starting or not um and I, I think it would be good. I mean, I, I sound like a broken record. I think this is the third straight quarterback I've said this for, but I think it would be good for him not to start right away. And because I think you have Andy Dalton, you brought him in. He, from what he has said, he expected to be the starter when he was signed. So it's just yeah. like, why, why do you, you don't want to create some turmoil if you don't have to, if fields comes out, he wins the job and he's ready to go. You, you, you play him, but, um, I'm not convinced of that, and and I, and I think, like I said, he, he's a he's a wide receiver athlete with a quarterback arm, and and you have so much promise with this one, um, and you haven't had a quarterback for what seems like decades now. So mm-hmm. let's, let's do this one the right way. Um, we don't know how the the college game will translate to the NFL. The school typically is not the greatest in terms of the development, but I, I like him. I like the talent and I want to, I, I, I want, I want him to succeed. And I think the best way for him to do that is to not be rushed. That makes sense. It does. You know, I'm a little bit on the other side of the fence with this one, Shane. I got to tell you, I think that, I think he in that spot where he almost, again, not against Andy Dalton, but they had to do better than last year. Obviously that's what they want, even though just, and Fields could be a project if you want to consider that. I think that he's one of the guys that needs to come out and take his lumps right away. I'm, I'm in that camp. I don't think that's for every single quarterback. I think, but I think for him to come out and take his lumps right away and get the NFL speed. So Chicago can be a playoff team again and maybe even better because they do, still do have pretty decent defense. They don't have a whole lot of offense, but Fields can make up for their deficiencies in offense by doing RPOs or 
bootlegs or whatever it may be. So I think that that kid needs to get out there really quick. Look, if it's not week one, then I'm thinking week three, four, five at the late. It's a fan that's not getting the job done. Yeah. So <clears throat> let's remember Nagy came into Chicago um, from Kansas City. He didn't get to draft Trubisky, so Trubisky wasn't his guy. And I think for the most part, Nagy did a pretty good job with Trubisky. I mean, you he made him look like a playoff quarterback at times. He did okay. Um, and uh, leading up to the draft, I heard a story about Nagy and how he was uh, integral in the Patrick Mahomes uh, pick in Kansas City. And he said Mahomes was the only good quarterback in the draft, was the only Hall of Fame quarterback is how he put it in the draft wow. uh, that year. And they went out and they took him. Um, and then I guess Nagy had said that the same sentiment about Fields that he said about Mahomes in this draft, that Fields was the only Hall of Fame type quarterback in this draft. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, but let's also remember that Fields is uh, not um, not a stranger to sitting for a season. He sat – I mean, remember he started at uh, University of Georgia and he sat behind right. Jake Fromm for a year. Um, yep. And that's what led to his transfer uh, to Ohio State where he just lit it up in his in his sophomore season. Uh, 3,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, amazing. amazing. And then last year – Let's not forget Ohio State had uh, quite a few games canceled because of COVID. He only played eight games, and he still had uh, pretty close to 2,500 yards passing. And I have his stats pulled up. Um, and he had uh, 22 touchdowns, and that was in eight games. So you think he plays a 14-game schedule, he plays six more games. He's probably touching 4,000 yards and another 40-touchdown season. So he could have argued – I mean, it could have been a, a pretty close tie between him and Lawrence – uh, if he had played a full season last year. Um, so that's kind of what I look at. I think, it, like Ken said, it wouldn't hurt not to rush him. Uh, let him sit for maybe eight to ten games. I don't know uh, how long a leash Nagy will have on Foles and Dalton because I think if Dalton starts to struggle, I think they go to Foles and then uh, Fields is a third option because I think Nagy really – because Nagy bought himself – Nagy and Pace bought themselves – at least two, two to three years by drafting That's a good field. point. That's a good point. Um, so you think maybe he has a longer leash with the two older guys, two veteran quarterbacks, because uh, he really does have a good defense there. Maybe he relies on the defense and lets Dalton just be a game manager for a season, let field sit, learn the offense, uh, and then come out next year and just light it up. Um, I mean, I would love – I mean, I obviously uh, – the, the fan in me would love to see the young guy go out there and just light it up for the Bears because the Bears have, haven't have had a good quarterback in years. When yes, they went to the Super Bowl, they had yeah. Rexy as their quarterback. Yeah. So, I mean, Rex has probably been their best quarterback. And, I mean, they had Cutler, but uh, Cutler's a bum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I say Rex has probably been their best quarterback in the last 20 years. So, I mean, Fields has got the got the it factor. I think he could be amazing. Um, I don't think he's better than Mac, but and Ken will disagree with me. Ken wanted Justin Fields so bad it was ridiculous. No, oh, um, yeah. I did. <laughs> I knew when but, they screwed it up. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think Nagy has a pretty good feel for quarterbacks. Um, I actually really like him as a coach. I know a lot of a lot of Bears fans are uh, hot and cold with him, but I think uh, he got this one right. Yeah. Oh, I really think so. And uh, yeah, I think that we're going to see more 
sooner than later. Andrew, did I get to oh, your field stake? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went. I, okay, I did. I just want to make sure. All right. Uh, going right. Zach Wilson. Okay, so let's talk about him real quick. I, this is going to be a little short for me because I got to see exactly what's going to be going on with Zach Wilson, this whole team. I mean, to me, guys, they made a mistake. They should have kept Sam Dalt and built around him, the entire team. What You know, acquired draft picks for that second pick overall. That's what they should have done, but they didn't believe in him, and they're the football team, so I'm going to have to go with what they say. So they say Zach Wilson is the guy, and that's that's what they want. So that's the player, but he doesn't have a lot to protect him yet. He drafted another offensive lineman this year. They got the Kai Becton. Um, so he's going to need to be protect, protected. He is athletic, and he can certainly throw the ball, but who is he throwing to? I think, I think again, it's one of the situations, guys, where you know that it depends where a quarterback goes to. Like Justin Fields going to the Bears – is perfect because they already are a playoff mate team. Trey Lance going to the Niners is perfect playoff mate team. Mac Jones going to the Patriots playoff mate team. When you look at this situation now with Zach Wilson, it's going to be years before they get anywhere near the playoffs because they do not have the pieces around them. So I think that Zach Wilson and Andrew is set up for failure. Oh, man, this is tough for me because I've always been a, a Darnold guy myself, and I wanted to see Darnold get another opportunity uh, in New York with a different coaching staff, although I really like where he ended up in Carolina. So uh, yeah. I actually like and it better. Of course, than they played week one. Yeah, and had he would have stayed in, in New York, I don't know if he would have gotten that fit anyway uh, with a defensive-minded head coach yeah. going to, to New York. So I really like the fit. Uh, in Carolina, but in any in any respect, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard, you know, for for Zach Wilson. I think at least out of the gate, I, I would like to think that he would show that you know you know a lot of mental fortitude. He's gonna have to show that. Uh, obviously, playing in New York to begin with, but you know, with a team like the Jets who haven't had the best track record in, in recent years, and you know, beyond recent years and <laughs> developing quarterbacks, so. Uh, it, it, you know, he's, he's going to have, you know, guys like Corey Davis, you know, at his disposal, uh, not a true number one guy, you know, Chris Herndon as their tight end. I mean, to me, it's just not really going to get it done. You know, for me, it's going to have to be, will Zach Wilson make these guys better? And I'm not sure. Yeah. He looks like he should have went to the prom <laughs> at the draft. It looked like, you know, to me, he was, he was getting ready for a senior prom and not the NFL draft. So, you know, that, not necessarily not, but at the same time, I think, uh, I think it might be a struggle for him early on. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely imagine it's going to be a struggle, Ken. You know, again, again, not being put into the right position, um, not having players around him that are successful. And, yeah, he did a lot of things at BYU where you don't have all these amazing players. So maybe there is something to it, and they, he has that if, if factor. But in this division now, with your Patriots, the Dolphins, who are just sniffing the playoffs, and the Buffalo Bills, who are sniffing a Super Bowl, damn, man, if they don't go 0-6 in this division – would be sh- I wouldn't be shocked, Ken. Yeah, they might steal that typical Jets Patriots game in New York, but yeah, <laughs> but no, you're, you're right. Um, I I feel for the kid because to me he is. I, I'm afraid of of what he could become. He, he he might be that that quarterback that never truly had the supporting cast around him to to succeed. Sort of like an Andy Dalton, or maybe you know along those lines, but. 
Yeah. I, I don't see how he's walking into a situation other than the coaching staff. I don't see how he's walking into a situation that's that much better than what Darnold had. And, and I, I, I share uh, uh, Andy's uh, thoughts exactly that you were in a perfect position to just give Darnold another shot and maybe you really don't like him, but I think that's going to come back to bite them. I really do. And I think Wilson, I like the kid. I hate the situation. He's going to play immediately, but, Again, he he's not surrounded by that winning mentality. He's not surrounded by that 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 positive experience. I, I think I'm worried. Um, I think um, they should. Maybe they still can. I, I think they would do themselves a service by adding a veteran backup um, to sort of help educate him, help bring him along. You know, I, he, he did play at BYU. I thought he kind of came from obscurity to all of a sudden, you know, the number two pick down to the Jets. I, I'd like to, to see him, um, you know, maybe Nick Foles is that guy in the Bears because they, they certainly don't need him. Um, I, I think Nick Foles is a perfect fit as somebody who could come in, be a, be, be a backup to Zach Wilson. And it, it might not help in the grand scheme of things. They might have more issues than that, but – I certainly think having some sort of a mentor of some sort is going to be helpful to him. Yeah, I would. Yeah. And he definitely needs that. And he's going to need a lot of picking up off the ground. Unfortunately, it's definitely going to talk about take your lumps. He's going to take a whole lot of lumps. So it's going to be a real deal for him over there, Shane. Um, Yeah, I feel bad for the kid. But you know what? If they they can accumulate more draft picks, maybe get some players who are in free agency next year, get them attracted to the New York Jets again. Maybe they do something with their uniforms to make them look cool. I don't know. So they got to do something, but they're not attracting the players right now at all. If anything, they're unattracting them. They have players don't want to be there at the moment. So Zach Wilson, awesome player, I think, from what I've seen. And granted, it's been very limited, but this is what I'm talking about. If he had gone to the Chicago Bears, I think that he would have – a really good season coming up that we could look at, but he's not, he's going to the New York jets and that's the problem, Shane. No, for sure. And um, I, I kind of get where Ken's coming from, but I think honestly, the jets have uh, one of the best young head coaches in the league right now coming from the Niners. Yes, they uh, do. I think he's, I think he's excellent. And if there's, if there's someone to bring a positive experience or a positive attitude to that franchise, it's him. Uh, he's got a fresh mindset. He brought in a ton of offensive guys because he knows he knows his his limitations. He knows he's not an offensive whiz, so he brought in a bunch of offensive guys to help kind of run that side because uh, you know he's going to have the defense humming. Um, while I'm not a huge Zach Wilson supporter, I think uh, like Andy and Ken, maybe they should have gave Sam Darnold another shot, traded the traded their pick, picked up assets to kind of fill their team out throughout the draft this year because uh, they do have a lot of glaring holes. Uh, they don't have a true number one. I do really like the Corey Davis fit. I think uh, he really came along with Tannehill last year, and that's kind of where I see Zach Wilson in the mold of a Tannehill, uh, maybe an early Tannehill with the Dolphins. Um, he's not amazing. He's not going to, uh, you know, shatter, shatter glass or anything. Uh, he's just kind of there. Uh, especially in a division where you have uh, Cam Newton, Mac Jones, you've got Tua, you've got Josh Allen, um, and honestly, I think you've got the best coaching staffs in the league in that in that division. I think Brian Flores has been amazing in Miami. Uh, Sean McDermott's obviously proven his worth in Buffalo, and we we you know what you're getting from Belichick every year. 
Um, so it's going to be tough for Wilson. I think he's going to have a lot of a lot of weird defenses thrown at him because all these guys are defensive whizzes. Uh, I think he's just really going to struggle. And like Ken, he would have done well to get a veteran backup like Nick Foles and maybe start a Nick Foles and let Zach Wilson get acclimated to the NFL because he's coming from BYU, which is a big step. Um, I mean, I know we've seen Steve Young come from BYU. We've seen Jim McMahon come from BYU. But I don't know if Zach Wilson's cut from the same cloth. And even Steve Young coming from BYU, he had to go play, uh, you know, for US, in the USA League and, and Canadian football, I think, for a minute or two, whatever it was. Yeah, so he, he was, was in the USFL, yeah. Yeah, the USFL. So, yeah, and then sitting by – talk about a guy sitting and waiting your time, waiting to sit by Joe Montana for like five years, my goodness, and then he finally gets his chance and becomes the MVP and guy we all know and love. So it's funny how things work out. Aaron Rodgers, he sat years behind Brett Favre, and now he's dealing with – same situation that Brett Favre dealt with. It's really amazing how things come full circle. And how you quickly understand that you're not that important anymore or to you know the organization. You're a player and you're going to come and go, but this team is going to be here for the next 30, 50, 100 years, whatever it's going to be. You see the importance of that. We see the importance in the last quarterback we're going to talk about, Trevor Lawrence. We all knew he was going first. It was like, obviously it's going to happen. Everyone's going first, the Jaguars. They actually get uh, Travis Etienne to go along over there, which is kind of weird because James Robinson and Andrea, the guy had an amazing uh, year last year, running over 1,000 yards. But, but Urban Meyer has already kind of had you know bad talk about him with uh, the whole um, Tim Tebow thing. And then bringing in that coach, I forget his name off the top of my head, who should not have been here anywhere. So he's got to realize he's in the pros right now, Urban Meyer. And he's going to have to treat these guys like professional men, not like kids who are athletes trying to make a name for themselves and will say yes sir to everything so i'm really curious to see how urban meyer deals with that and trevor lawrence how he responds and how he plays i think that lawrence is seasoned ready to go oh ken i'm gonna go to you first i think that he's absolutely ready to go there's no reason why he's not going to be the week one starter it, it, mm-hmm. to me it's impossible he's starting week one after the number one they have DJ Chark, um, Keenan Cole, I believe. Not a whole bunch of guys out there, but when you have a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who is athletic and has been the top quarterback on the planet since he was 13 years old, I have a lot of confidence in that and think that their offense could be pretty good. Now, they traded away half half their great players already, so they're, they're going to have to rebuild. But as far as Lawrence is concerned, I think that he's going to get the ball out quick, play a really good, solid game all year long, and I think that hopefully – Unlike Trevor, unlike uh, Joe Burrow last year, he'll stay on his feet the entire season. So, going to you first, what do you think about Trevor Lawrence in, in Jacksonville? I, I think he is great. I think he's fantastic. I, he's pro ready. He 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 is ready for the NFL, in my opinion. And I I hope he stays upright. I hope to God that he stays upright because yeah. him getting hurt would be bad for the league. This this is one of yes. the most type prospects I think we have I, I have ever seen I mean they've been talking about this guy being the number one pick for three years now so yeah. there's only I, two I guys can, only two guys that come to mind that had this much hype and that's John Elway and Andrew Luck that's it uh, Andrew Luck definitely Andrew Luck comes to Those mind are the I'm, only a big Luck, I'm a big Andrew Luck fan um I uh, 
I think Urban Meyer is the great equalizer, like you said. I, I hope he comes in. I hope he lets these guys play. I hope he understands that this is the pros. This isn't the college game that he's used to. But I think the Jaguars have a good supporting cast, and I think it's going to be an above-average offense with Lawrence, with the, the two running backs, Robinson and, and um, Etienne. I think, I think they're going to be able to use them both and use them both well. I think hopefully Carlos Hyde stays far away from the field. And you have those two guys kind of handling most of the duties. Um, and, and you have DJ Shark. I think he regressed some last year, but he was a very strong rookie performer. And I like him to get back to those levels this year as well. I, I think Lawrence is the type of guy who's going to make the people around him better. I, I think um, LaVishka Chanel is another one who, who's going to break out um, with, with Lawrence. He's going to be used kind of in that Swiss Army knife type of role, I, I would expect yeah. anyway. And, yeah, I, I really like it. I like what they're building. Um, Urban Meyer, I, like I said, I, I hope he embraces the NFL level because he's got a really good thing going here. And and, and I'm I'm a believer in Lawrence. I believe in the hype, and I think he's going to do great things. So do I, Ken. I think that was really well said on all points around there. And with Travis, again, they're even, you know, playing him at wide receiver now. I hear in training camp, and you know, let him do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So Andrew, uh, with Trevor Lawrence, you know, obviously being the number one quarterback, all the pressure in the world should be on him, but he doesn't really feel it. You know, from a few statements that he made going back, being like, you know, like football is not my entire life or whatever, but. That doesn't mean that he's not looking at it like I'm not going to give my job 110%. Obviously, he will. He's going to play his butt out, and I think he's going to do a really good job even this year. Is Jacksonville going to the playoffs? I highly doubt it. They need to get their defense together, Andrew. But I think Trevor Lawrence is actually in the right spot, and things will work out within the next two or three years. What are your thoughts? I mean, quarterback fixes a lot of things, uh, Jason, even the defense sometimes. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I think you know, if Trevor comes out and does his thing and I think he's got, you know, a, an assortment of weapons around him, you know, you factor in, like uh, Ken said, DJ Chark and LaVisca Chanel, but they've also added uh, Marvin Jones uh, to the mix. Yeah, so you, you factor him and – uh, you know, obviously Travis Entenen, who he has uh, a lot of uh, game action with and chemistry with. Uh, and then, of course, James Robinson, you know, a strong rookie season last year. But I think they were just looking for a little bit more explosion uh, for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and I think Travis Entenen can be a guy who can catch, you know, 80, 90 balls uh, out of the backfield. I think he can get to that level. And, of course, produce a thousand yard season uh, for the Jaguars. And I think all of that goes hand in hand with Trevor Lawrence's success. Uh, will their defense uh, get them to the playoffs this year? I think they have some talent there. They still have Josh Allen and Miles Jack and, and yep. Kalevion, Shashin, uh, you know, guys, CJ Henderson, who they drafted last year at the cornerback position. So they do have some talent. Um, obviously, like I said, quarterback fixes a lot of things. And if they had a quarterback, you know, that they they liked in there. And, and remember, a couple of years ago, with Blake Bortles was their quarterback, they went to the AFC Championship game. So it's, right. you know, again, I'm not dogging on Bortles, but he's not a superstar quarterback <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, nor did oh, I ever yeah. think he was. So if Trevor Lawrence can come in and do his thing and, and, and be the Trevor Lawrence that we're all expecting him to be, 
you know, Jacksonville is gonna gonna surprise some some people and maybe even compete for an AFC South division. We'll see. I think Indianapolis will have a lot to say about that. Yes. Uh, but ultimately, I think you know Jacksonville's in a good spot. I think they have a lot of upside, and we'll begin to see that, you know, relatively yeah, soon. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, no doubt it's it's either Indies or Titans uh, division to win right now. But that doesn't mean uh, Shane in the next year or two that Trevor Lawrence is going to have his guys right in the mix. No, absolutely, and uh, I don't like all this uh, Gardner Minshew hate. I'm hearing from Ken and. Andy, he was great. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, he was, he not was to, better than people thought. He was better than people oh, yeah, thought. Very, really, very, you just very, want very, that part of Shane. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to veer away from Trevor just for a moment uh, and talk about Travis Entinian, Um Honestly, I kind of compare him to a Matt Forte type, where he's going to catch yeah. a bunch of balls out of the backfield and he's still going to run for a, a good amount of yards. And you've got James Robinson back there. It's not – I don't – if I'm him, I'm not taking it as a personal dig. Um, it's just Travis does a few more things that maybe he can't provide. And James is a great goal linebacker, so you know he's going to vulture a bunch of touchdowns. Um, he's going to be in on a lot of short yardage situations. Um, it's kind of like the Ron Dane, Tiki Barber, uh, you know, duo yeah. back in the, the old Giants days. I'm not I'm saying Travis is that kind of running back uh, or to that level yet, but I think – uh, he really could be. He's explosive. It adds familiarity to to Trevor, so he's kind of a little more comfortable coming in the offense. You know they're going to run a kind of college-style offense with Urban Meyer. He's going to tailor it to the offense he was probably running in Clemson. Um, LaVisca is going to be amazing. Uh, he was really he was pretty good last year, I thought, uh, with Gardner and a few other quarterbacks that threw him the ball. Uh, and then you've got DJ Chark or DJ Shark, uh, however you want to say it. Uh, going out there, and he's going to be great on the outside. And I think um, actually the Ravens had a deal in place for DJ Chark pre-draft where they were trading uh, Orlando Brown to the to the Jags for DJ. And I thought uh, that was a great trade for the Ravens, and I think they really missed out on that because I think Chark is really going to have an amazing year with Trevor. Um, and he's got LaVisca able to take off some of the pressure off him. He's not going to see a ton of double teams. You got Marvin Jones, who's going to play probably the outside, uh, LaVisca in the middle. Uh, and then you've got Keelan Cole as a fourth receiver. I mean, they're kind of loaded on the offensive side of the ball, if you think about it. Uh, defensively, they drafted that kid from um, uh, University of Georgia, the cornerback, the really tall guy. I think he's like 6'2". Uh, and people were really confused by it because they took C.J. Henderson in the first round last year. Um, so they've got some good corners. And uh, it's really good that Jalen Ramsey's not in Jacksonville anymore because I think that would have been a problem for Urban. Uh, he would have been he would have been an issue to handle. Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> um, otherwise, though, that defense, uh, like Andy said, is no slouch. They just uh, not just a couple of years ago they're in the AFC Championship game. Uh, they still have Miles Jack, who's their emotional leader. Yeah. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, is Calais Campbell still there? Uh, on the uh, no, he moved on to Baltimore, I think. Oh, okay. Correct, yeah. um, but either way, I mean, I think that that defense is pretty young. Uh, they're going to be hungry because they're going to want to prove that they can play with the best of them. Granted, I don't think Indy or Tennessee will have much issues with them, um, but maybe they could make it a game. Uh, I think we'll be talking about the Jags making a deep playoff run within the next two years maybe. 
And let me tell you something. Tennessee does not have – I'm sorry. I was just going to say real quick. Tennessee does not have the greatest defense, so I could see the Jaguars putting up 40 on them. I could definitely see it. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. I mean, that's true. And But but Tennessee has the ultimate X factor, and that's Derrick Henry, uh, who right. could go off for 250 to 300 yards at a moment's notice. Well, I'm going to bring his in mean, a minute. What were you going to say, Andrew? One more addition for the Jaguars at the wide receiver position. They did have Philip Dorsett, you know, who does have some NFL okay. experience. But for me, I'm interested to see, you know, obviously we talk about Shark and Chanel and Marvin Jones and Travis Enson. And I'm actually really, really intrigued to see if Trevor Lawrence builds any rapport with Colin Johnson, uh, the wide receiver that uh, they drafted last year late in the, late in the draft. Uh, it Late – in 20, uh, 2020, uh, he's a guy from Texas, uh, six, six has some height, could be a huge red zone target for, for Trevor Lawrence here at the beginning of the season. Uh, I could see him being a, a, a big addition too. Just to add on that. Um, I heard that urban was moving Colin to one of the tight end spots. So there's a good, there's a good chance he could make some noise. Oh, my God, that means Tim Tebow's not going to make the team. Oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? Jesus Christmas. Oh, my God. All right, we're having a lot of fun over here, guys, on the Power 32 podcast with Shane, Ken, and Andrew. My name is Jason Fiam. We're going to give our Twitter handles out. As you can see, they got theirs up there already. Mine's up there. We'll give you other information later where to find us and all that good stuff. And, God, man, we're going to have to come back and do a Power Rankings podcast, but we still got a little more for right now. I want to go over a couple of things it's this or that. So this player or that player, which one would you take? And we're going to do maybe three or four in here. And then we're going to get to the sports memorabilia topic, which um, I'm very intrigued to hear what you guys have to say as someone who was working that division myself in that field. All right, this or that. Who would you rather have as your quarterback right now? Andrew, let's go to you first. Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? Ooh, wow. Um, I'm going to make I, it easy for you. I would edge and say Josh Allen, uh, just because we've seen what we've uh, come to see over the last year regarding Josh Allen's, you know, ascension from a accuracy standpoint, from a from a quarterback standpoint. Yeah. Obviously, both can run, but you know, both have the mobility. Uh, but for me, Josh Allen, year over year, in the last three years, he's been in the league. We've just seen continued improvement from an accuracy standpoint. Obviously, getting a guy like Stephon Diggs will help in that regard. And you could say Lamar could be the same thing, you know, with guys like Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman coming in this year. But, you know, for me, I'm going to I'm going to go with Josh Allen. Yep, I hear you there. And, yeah, uh, we are going to see more Lamar Jackson throwing the ball, Ken, this year because they're getting him guys to do that so they don't have to run the ball between him and his backs 48,000 times a game or however many times they run it. So what do you think, this or that, between uh, these two players over here? Who are you going with? Um, I'm an Allen guy, I think, in this argument, um, mainly because I, I do think we have seen – we have seen the uh, – the 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 I'll say it's the peak, but it, it could he could break it. But I I see Lamar. He's gone a little bit like this. He came back down. He came back up a little bit last towards the end of last year. And I think Josh Allen, if I'm not mistaken, he's only gone up. Uh, you know he's yeah. he, he continues to develop. He continues to grow. And I 
I, I do think Lamar is going to continue to develop as a quarterback. I think he's in the perfect position, too. He's got a great coach that believes in him, that tailors the offense and the team around him. I, I think Lamar will continue to succeed in the NFL. I don't think there's a losing argument, but I think in terms of being a more complete player, if I wanted a quarterback on my team, I'm going to take Josh Allen who can do much of the same things with his legs, maybe not with that same speed and elusiveness. Right. But he's got that arm, and that arm is like that. there's not many people who have an arm like that. So yeah. There's, there's Josh Allen, who's got the big arm and the big body, and then there's Lamar Jackson, who's got the quick feet. Uh, Shane, which way would you go on this one, man? Well, it seems like uh, my counter peers are going Allen, so I always like to, to be the opposite. So I'm going to go Lamar Jackson. Um, I go Lamar Jackson only because of the feet, but uh, these guys are really are really uh, dissing on Jackson's arm. He could. I really think he is uh, this era's Mike Vick. Uh, he does pretty similar stuff, and he can throw. He can throw the ball too. He can. He can really rip it. Um, I mean, I know we don't see it a ton, but you also got to remember that offensive line wasn't great. Uh, when he first came into the league. So he was moving a lot. If, uh, like we said, Harbaugh's re- Harbaugh and Jackson are really um, into getting the passing game going this year. So I think we're going to see a, a more improved Jackson moving forward. I think we could see him throw for 4,500 yards this, this season, maybe 5,000, and you see you lose the rushing a little bit, maybe seven to 900 yards rushing instead of over 1,000. Um yeah, if they can keep him, if they can keep him healthy, that guy's a difference maker, uh, even more so than Josh Allen. I know Allen's got the incredible arm strength, uh, but Jackson's not far behind. I think Jackson could be uh, the MVP this year. All right, well, he was before. You know, Lamar Jackson has already won that. He had an incredible year, not last year, but the year before that. No reason why he can't do it again, especially if you get more guys around him. And I'm looking forward to see how far and how accurate he can throw that ball. Let me give you another quarterback comparison over here, guys. Uh, And we're going to go around the clock again over here. Andrew, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, who you got? Wow. Uh, (sighs) Going back and forth here. I would lean lean towards Dak, and and here's why. I I just see – I see the level of – of excellence that he displayed before the injury. Um, and, and we're, we're not talking about injuries here. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it, we're assuming that there's no coming back from rehabbing or anything like that, just the player. And I'm going to say Dak, and, you know, you look at what he did with the weapons that he had, right. Going into, you know, this season and you got guys like Ezekiel Elliott and yeah, Amari Cooper, he basically revived Amari Cooper's career. <laughs> Amari was on the downside in Oakland, and here he comes over to sure. Dallas and just lights the world on fire. You know, before the injury, you know, he was on pace for 5,500, 6,000 yards potentially. In five games, he had 1,800 yards, nine touchdowns. Uh, so he was he was on his way to an incredible season, and he threw for 4,900 yards the year before. So, you know, I know how great Russell Wilson is, and I'm sure, you know, Ken and Shane might go that route and, and whatnot. So, uh, and, and there's no nothing wrong with that, obviously. Uh, 
especially with the offensive line issues and, you know, having, having to be basically, you know, the whole entire team and getting the ball to Metcalf and everything. But, you know, for me, I just love what Dak does and I'm, you know, big time on him coming back in a, in a, in a bounce back sort of year uh, coming back from his injury. Yeah. I'm rooting for him to do well. I never root for the Cowboys to do well as a 49er fan. But right. Forever. 1981, Dwight Clark, the catch. How you doing? Yep, it's a beautiful thing. So, I, I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you on that. On that right there. I'm trying. I'm just trying to think. Like, it really is splitting hairs for me, guys. I'm going to go to you, Ken, in a second. Of course, back to Shane. Russell Wilson. I would take him right now if I was starting a team. I think that he's a little bit sharper in the noggin upstairs. I think that he can make things happen better with his feet when he has. So I would go with him. I know Dak is younger, so if you were starting a team, you probably would take Dak, and there's nothing wrong with that. Because he is incredible, and he might break a 55 touchdown, 5,500 yard season with the extra game this year. That's very possible. He could do that, Angel, like you're talking about. So I'm not taking away from Dak, but when you look at what he's working with, and that offensive line, and the running back that he has, and Ezekiel Elliott, Brandon Zeke, gave up on that. Scary after Dak went down, but I think that he's got a little bit more help than Russell Wilson does, and I think that Russell Wilson feels a lot more pressure. So I've always been a huge Russell Wilson guy, and that's sacrilegious saying that as a 49ers fan, Ken. But I can't help but to love him and love his style of play. And I think that the last half the season last year was just him too much pressure trying to make everything happen, and it brought out the worst in him. So Ken, what do you think about Prescott versus Russell Wilson at the moment? Um, my main, uh, my, my main conflict with this is the fact that I, I do, I, I resonate with what Andy said in that Dak really is just, he's the perfect professional. I love everything he does on the field. I, I like the way he carries himself. I think he's a great talent, but I would probably take Wilson. Um, I, I think the one knock on Wilson is just that he played like such an elite, elite, elite top tier slam dunk MVP. And then he did not. And it was, it was a steep drop off. And I think it, it, it might've turned people off a little bit of him from him, but I, I think that's a little short sighted. Cause I, I, I think along the lines of what you said, uh, he, he had he he takes over the team, and I think he puts the he puts the entire team on his back. And 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 I and, and I think in Dallas you have the Ezekiel Elliotts, and I think Dak has had some help, and he has you know C.D. Lamb and D.K. Metcalf. They can offset each other, but I I think Wilson has just done such a superb job of elevating everybody around him. I don't think Tyler Lockett is what he is without Russell Wilson as his quarterback. Um, and, and I think the same could be said for Doug Baldwin, um, you know, a few years back. And, sure. and I think he he consistently elevates these players to play so much better than what we would have ever expected that I, I think that's a very rare trait. And he kind of has that um, that LeBron mentality of, you know, he puts so much money and investment into his body in the offseason that he could be playing till 45 years old probably at these levels if, if I were to guess. So yeah. I, I take Russell Wilson. Yeah, and for me, it's just by hair, Shane, that I'm taking Russell Wilson. And you take Dak Prescott, I'm not going to yell at you at anybody for that, that matter because he's phenomenal. We saw what he did last year. He may be a little bit more prone to turning it over. Um, again, he may not have the intellect that Russell Wilson does, and 
I'm just kind of guessing that from what I see in the field. But I do love Dak Prescott, but I would take Russell Wilson over him, Shane. What would you do? Yeah, for sure. Um, these two quarterbacks, in my opinion, are the pros pro. Like the, these two guys, like Ken said, carry themselves so well uh, in and out of the game. You don't hear problems with them. Uh, you hear how great of teammates they are. Um, and I love Russell Wilson and I like what he's done in Seattle. And I think he really does. He's like Ken said, could play till he's 45. This He's incredible. He's got the mind of a quarterback. Um, and the off season, he's playing baseball and spring training for the Yankees. It's crazy. Uh, the guy's <laughs> awesome, but I'm probably taking Dak Prescott. I've been a, Pre a Prescott fan, uh, since he was at Mississippi state. Um, and it's crazy that, you know, it's at this point, uh, it's really showing my age. I'm about to turn 30, so I'm not super old, but uh, oh, I'm not as old as you, Jason. Baby, but, uh, <laughs> you're a baby, bro. You're, crazy, I like, hear that. <laughs> you see like Asante Samuel Jr. coming into the league, and it's just – it's crazy that, you know, I'm seeing juniors come in now. Um, but right. Prescott I followed since he was at Mississippi State. I loved him then. Uh, when the Cowboys drafted him, I was like, oh, he's definitely taking over for Romo. And he takes over for Romo. Had a great season, like Andy said last year. Started to put – I thought he was really putting things together. And then he gets hurt, and it's super unfortunate. Super freak injury. Um, he's got CeeDee Lamb. He's got Amari Cooper. He's got Ezekiel Elliott. He's got Michael Gallup. Um, he's got so many weapons in Dallas. It's just – it's going to be insane. And if Dallas's defense is as good as I think they'll be after this draft, um, he's gonna he's gonna be making some noise in the NFC this year, and uh, it's not gonna be a, a weak NFC East this year. I think we're gonna see a strong Cowboys team. I'm not saying Russell's not gonna do the same over in Seattle, but if I'm starting a team, I'm taking the younger guy uh, who I think has a little more upside. Yeah, okay, I totally hear you on that. Now, I was just thinking as you guys were talking, it's a really good year to be a son of a father who played in the NFL. Asante Samuel, Patrick Sertain, J.C. Horn. Um, I think that uh, Joe Horn is his father, right, or uncle, one or the other. I'm, but his I know, father. Yeah, it's his father, right? Yeah, a lot of juniors going on around here. All right, let's get a couple of more in here before we get to the sports memorabilia topic. Let's do a wide receiver one, and this was well. This one may spin your head around a little bit. Here we go. It's what you prefer. We have Tyreek Hill on one side, and we got DeAndre Hopkins on the other side. Who are you picking first in the game of football, Andrew? Go for it. You're first, man. Wow, <laughs> you really don't. You, want you the, really don't. You want this guy? I know it can't be easy. You guys are too smart for reason, you know. Oh, we got the guy who can almost make anything happen, and DeAndre Hopkins who won't drop anything near him. Just yeah, I'm, we're talking about maybe the two best wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah, you know, for me, I, I gotta go DeAndre Hopkins, man. I, I love Tyreek Hill. Don't get me wrong; his speed is just electric, and it works in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. It's just deadly. But you, you put DeAndre Hopkins, a guy who catches basically anything. Uh, it, it looks like he wears that stick him on his hand. Like it's just unreal. He doesn't even need to stick him though. He's just that talented. Sure. Uh, <laughs> You just look at his numbers over his career. He's got 10,000 yards already, been in the league seven years. <laughs> I mean, good wow. Lord, 747 receptions. He's been in the league for seven years, so he's basically is averaging – or sorry, eight years, uh, seven in Houston, one in Arizona. So basically he's averaging almost 100 receptions a season, and you got to factor in that before – 
before Sean Watson came to Houston, you know, who's he, who's he playing with? You know? right. <laughs> it, right. it was just pretty ugly there uh, at the QB situation before Watson came in and, and he was just balling out every single year. He had a 1200 yard receiving or season, a 1500 yard receiving season before Deshaun Watson came in. Uh, so, you know, to me, you know, going over to a new team, 1400 yards last year, 115 receptions. He's had four seasons with over a hundred plus yard, a uh, hundred plus receiving uh, receptions. So it, to me, it's, it's hard to go against a guy that is, is widely regarded as the number one wide receiver in the league. Uh, yeah. He, he is widely regarded as the number one receiver in the league. And for all the reasons that you mentioned, and you can't go wrong with either one of these guys, right? Right here, um, I'm going to go. With, then we're going to throw it around. I'd actually go with Tyree Kill, and I know the knock against him is well, he's short. Well, have you seen what he did? You know, I get it. So the thing with him, with Tyree Kill is that you can do more with him as a player than you can do with D Hop, and that's not taking anything away from DeAndre Hopkins because he's off the line. He's one of the best wide receivers. He doesn't drop a ball anywhere. He can run every route on the route tree. So I can't take away anything. From him, but I would rather have Tyreek Hill because he could do more for me. He's a guy who gets 200 yards receiving and three touchdowns in the first half of a football game. What are you freaking me? It's impossible. So the things that you can do with him just get me a little bit more excited than DeAndre Hopkins can. Yeah, Hill is a super exciting player, and what he does is probably unmatched among NFL wide receivers, NFL talent in general. I mean, his speed is is incredible, and as you said, the, the, the ability to go from no catches, no yards, to 200 yards and three touchdowns and a half of football is, um, you know, he does it like it's effortless. But I still go with Hopkins myself, and I think that's just my own personal preference because I, I do see – the game shifting a little more towards those Tyreek Hills. I think you have some Tyreek Hill lights popping up in the league around. I think uh, Chenault might end up being one with Lawrence and stuff with uh, players hey, like even, that. Uh, Ken, even, Ken, even Devontae Smith that they just drafted, this kid's 170 yeah. pounds. He's like five foot exactly. one, you know? So, yeah, you're right. You're right, buddy. I think I think Hopkins to me, what he used to do before Watson showed up and then, and then with Watson and now with Kyler Murray. And I think, I, I think the best is yet to come between Hopkins and Kyler Murray. Personally, I, I expect very big things that will, to me, solidify this argument. Um, but I, I just, I, I love Hopkins. Everything that goes near him is, is, is caught. Like, like Andy said, he has the stick him on his gloves. Practically it's, it's incredible. And um, it, it's another argument where you can't go wrong, but um, if, if I'm going to pick one, I'm going to go with Hopkins and, and, Stick with that that prototypical big wideout that you can throw it within a mile radius and he'll go up and get it. So yeah, for me, Hopkins. Yeah, that's why. Again, that's why I'm doing this. Where it's more like stylistic between Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen type of thing. You know, which style do you like more? So Shane, with this one, which way you going? Both are going D hop, and I'm not mad at them for doing it. But I just I just can't get over what Tyree Kill can do in this. It's, it amazes me every weekend. No, absolutely. And uh, the NFL, they have a saying, you know, what have you done for me lately? And um, I I have to go with D-Hop because Ken, who is the most amazing fantasy commissioner, uh, he runs our fantasy football league. Uh, D-Hop won me his league two years in a row um, 
almost single handedly. Oh, wow. okay. So he's he's won me quite a bit of money, uh, upwards of two grand. So, um, I <laughs> so I have to I have to go with with D Hop not only because of that but because he's just amazing. I mean, you saw the the one handed catch this year in the end zone. Um, I love Tyreek's speed, but speed can only get you so far. I mean, he will age, and will he lose that speed? I mean, that's yet to be determined. But I mean, if he even if he lost a step, I mean, as the league progresses, you're probably going to get faster DBs uh, that can keep up with him if he does lose a step. Uh, whereas DeAndre is a more physical receiver; no one's out jumping him. Um, he catches everything that comes to him, runs every route in the route tree, uh, has stick him on his hands, like Andy said. Uh, this guy's just amazing, and like Ken said too. I hate that they went before me because they took all the good talking points. Um, <laughs> uh, the best is yet to come with Kyler because Kyler's only going to go up from here. Kyler's amazing talent. Yeah, um, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks Man, in the league. Can, can and, I give a percentage when Shane's done on uh, on Hopkins? Go ahead, Shane. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I mean, last year he has fourteen hundred yards with Kyler. I think he could pop off for another two hundred this year. Maybe make it sixteen hundred. Get another ten touchdowns. The guy's just insane. He just does everything. It, 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 no, I totally agree, and that's why. Again, with these, you you can't go wrong. It's what you prefer, and I I would prefer to have DeAndre Hopkins on my team any freaking day of the week. Obviously, I mean, how could you not? He goes to Arizona immediately. He's doing everything over there, so he's that kind of player. Plug in play, and he's going to do everything you want him to do. Amazing. All right, and I think DeAndre, you got one. Oh, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins since twenty eighteen. Eight drops. That's wow. it. Wow. And you think about that from a target standpoint, that's over, uh, if I'm not mistaken, about 370 targets. Uh, so Great. only eight drops of those 370-plus targets over the last yep. three seasons. That really is amazing. That That's amazing. Unbelievable. That's hard to do, again, when you're being targeted so many times, 13 times a game or whatever it is. All right, let me get one more of this or that in there, and then we're going to get to the sports memorabilia action. Now, again, we're going with stylistic here, guys, so let's figure it out. I'm going to go first on this one um, because I haven't thought about it. I just wrote the names down, and I'm putting them together. We have Derrick Henry on one side, and we have Alvin Kamara on the other side. All right? This is going to be a little tough. Do you want the big bruiser? Derrick Henry's going to come in and smash your face inside out and break your helmet and break your heart while he's doing it. Or do you want Alvin Kamara, who can slash, he can go outside, he can catch it out of the backfield? Again, these are two guys who can get 2,000 yards from scrimmage. Derrick Henry's going to do it pretty much on the ground. Alvin Kamara's going to do it in both ways. So, guys, I, I would, I would, I would rather have Alvin Kamara because Derrick Henry, again, he's a bell cow. He gets all the touches all the time, and it's eventually going to wear down on him, which is why I thought the Titans should have drafted Travis Etienne this year to go along and spell, spell Derrick Henry on third down and have another great back over there. All right, so – but that that's where I think I have to go on this one. Alvin Kamara, who can do just everything. I mean, the guy scored six touchdowns in 45 seconds. He could have broke the record if they wanted to last year. So I would think I would take Kamara. I'm not knocking Henry, but I would go Kamara, Shane. Let's start with you. Well, um, I'm going to go opposite on that. I'm going to go Derrick Henry. Um, my first talking point is going to be uh, – did you see his workout in the uh, this past offseason where he had those chains on him doing the push-ups? 
Uh, it was insane. Um, just Send insane. Me that scene. I haven't seen that. That's good. Uh, I'll tell you know, you what's so funny it. about that? Nobody does push-ups with chains on during a football game. So keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, not only that, uh, running backs that have over 300 touches uh, always regress the following year, it seems. I mean, that was the trend in the NFL, right? Uh, 300 touches, that's a mark of death. Uh, he had 300 touches in 2019, 1,500 yards, 16 touchdowns. Uh, and then doubles down on that this year, 378 touches this past year, over 2,000 yards rushing, another 17 touchdowns. Uh, this guy just seems like an animal. Uh, his workout routine seems like he's built to to move. He's going to get more touches. He's fast. He's big. It's just like it's another breed. You you don't really see that. You don't see the the big bruiser that can move. And he can move. He's fast. Uh, I know Alvin's fast and shifty, but I would say Derek's pretty pretty fast and shifty himself. Uh, devastating stiff arm. Run through anyone. I think he can outrun just about anyone. Um, he's just amazing. The guy is unstoppable. And I would take him in a heartbeat probably over any running back in the league. I hear you, and a lot of people would say that. And the guy that he reminds me of, you know, if we can go back in time a little bit over here, is Christian Okoye, all right, the Nigerian nightmare uh, from Kansas City. I mean, he would just bust your ass. Earl Campbell type of guy. I, same that, I thought Earl Campbell when I saw him. Yep, mm-hmm. Earl Campbell. It makes a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm hearing it from both sides of it. Again, I'm, I'm an Alvin Kamara guy with this between them because I like his versatility. But, Ken, what do you think? I am uh, 100% team Derrick Henry here. Um okay. One of my favorite players in the league. I, 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 I think he does something that's dying in this league, and that is that workhorse back. And, and, I, and I, I would love to see some more of them come through. I don't think I'm going to get my wish, but hmm. he is the true prototypical workhorse back. I think it, it, it must be like trying to tackle a truck or t- tackling <laughs> a horse. I, I can't imagine being a defender running into that guy and, and – Getting back up and going back into the huddle, I'd be I'd be out of commission. <laughs> does he does everything right? I, I think he, as Shane said, he stole my stat. He <laughs> the the three hundred rushing yards is typically a death sentence. The following year, he he goes for three hundred and eighty near carries and has a two thousand yard season. And I I just don't think I would ever bet against him. Not to say that Kamara is not great. Of course he is. Um, yeah. I, I do wonder what Camaro will do without Drew Brees. Um, not to say I think he'll miss he'll, he'll, his his talent um, takes a step back or anything like that. But I do wonder about his ability to be as effective or or handle the ball as much in a uh, Jameis or Taysom led offense. Uh, and I, I just think you know Derrick Henry. While the wheels should fall off at a certain point. I feel like I'm more of the mind of just let them happen and just keep trotting this guy out there and keep feeding it to him until it does. Because if you feed him 30 times a game, by the time the fourth quarter runs around, comes around, those defenders, they don't want anything to do with him anymore. And, and I think that's really when – that's why you see he has those slow starts. He has a slow start as the season progresses and teams start to wear down and get injured and get tired and by weeks start to exhaust. Henry heats up. He always gets all his numbers in week 15, week 16, week 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that goes a long way. And I think had 
Tennessee, Tennessee made some noise in the playoffs last year, and or uh, and and I think or two years ago, and I think if they continue, they can certainly, um, you know, they, they get they get some holes. They have holes elsewhere outside of Henry, but I think if you had the supporting cast with Henry, that's a Super Bowl winning team because I don't think anyone's going to want to stop that. And you get into those January February cold games in the playoffs. I think that's where Derrick Henry truly shines. He hasn't totally gotten a chance to do that yet deep, deep into the playoffs. That's the one thing missing. Um, but I'd love to see it. And and for that reason, I'm going to go with Henry. Yeah, he was MIA in the playoffs last year. He was completely yeah. missing action. I think he had 14 yards rushing or something like it that. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So it, was I'm, I'm not- off, it was the near he knocked off Brady. It was uh, Brady's last game as a Patriot, right? Right, right. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That's right. At Twenty to thirteen, or something like that, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah, it wasn't an not an exciting game at all, no doubt. No. But uh, Andrew, uh, to go to you on this one, either you're going to make it a split decision, or it's going to be three against one. What do you think, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara? Uh, well, let me preface by saying that I love Alvin Kamara. He led me to a fantasy football championship last year. You know, kind of how you feel about uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Shane, leading you to some championships, but I've got to go with Derrick Henry. All right. So, so here, here's the thing, and and I, this is the only topic I wish I went first. I went first on the other ones. I <laughs> wish I went first because Shane and Ken kind of both nailed it perfectly. And I hate to reiterate it, but I'll I'll add a couple more items to it. Uh, so so it's a dying breed, like Ken said. You know the the pound physical running back you know we have a lot of Alvin Kamara type running backs and that's not to take away from Kamara by any stretch he is as talented as any running back in this league with guys like uh Christian McCaffrey uh to to lead the charge with the guys who can you know catch out of the backfield and you know give you a 1200 yard 1300 yard rushing season uh, so for me, I, you know, there's a lot more of them out there, but if you can trout out a Derrick Henry, a bruiser, <clears throat> a guy who's going to give you four career 200 plus yard rushing games. Uh, and I believe he had three last season alone. He had a 212 yard game, uh, a 215 yard game and a 250 yard game in week 17 to cap off right. their division, uh, championship or them getting, at least getting into the playoffs against Houston, and that was a wild 41-38 affair, and he needed every single yard of that, 250 yards, 34 attempts, and he was their main reason a couple years ago why they got to the AFC Championship game. They knocked off Brady. They went to uh, uh, Baltimore, to, I believe, to knock off Lamar Jackson at the time, you know, and they were very close to going to the Super Bowl. I mean, they were, you know, somewhat close in, in getting to Patrick Mahomes, and he was their bell cow, and <laughs> So to me, I think it's just because it's a dying breed in this league. Uh, It's kind of a unique skill set right now. Uh, We're trotting out all these kind of guys. We're seeing like Travis Henson get drafted, and I love those type of running backs. And on Madden, I would love to have a guy like Alvin Kamara, but we're talking about how we're going to build a team who I would like to uh, just put in there as a skill set in a dying breed, I think. Like Ken said, the later into the season you go, especially now adding another week and another game, I just think that, you know, 
a guy having a guy like Derrick Henry in his prime, only going to be 27 years old this year. You know, he, you could argue as long as he stays healthy, and that's an if, because like I said, he's getting almost, you know, 350 to 400 targets a season. With his physicality, it could present an issue down the line in the next couple of years, but he still is entering his age 27 season. He's going to be, you know, at the top of his game for another, hopefully, three to five seasons at his 2,000 yard clip last year. I'm not saying he's right. going to get 2,000 again. But he did uh, jump 500 yards from 2019 to 2020. Uh, I think he'll probably finish in that 15 to 1700 yard uh, area. I think that's a reasonable expectation for him. And you know, we saw what Kamara did. You know, in that six touchdown game last year, late. I think it was on Thanksgiving. Just uh, was awesome for me from a fantasy perspective. But you know, for me, late in the season, uh, playoff team. Give me Derrick Henry all day. All right. All right. I can dig it. And, again, I got no problem with that. I love the old school football, the bell cow, but now it's you look at it and, you know, we're talking about a guy who's having 380 carries a season. He doesn't have 27-year-old legs anymore. He has probably have 31-year-old legs, and that's the thing. You know, these guys get driven into the ground a little bit too much because you rush them all the time. But um, that doesn't take anything away from his ability. He's just being used so much. And Alvin Kamara may get a little rest more here and there. So I love what you guys are saying. I, I love it. Again, there's no right or wrong answer here. But when you back it up the way that you do, even better, really, even better. So, yeah, I wanted to do a few this or that with you guys. But now I wanted to get into this last topic with you about the sports memorabilia and the surgeon sports memorabilia. We are talking off air a little bit uh, but Shane. And I was letting him know that, you know, I used to work in sports memorabilia, did auctions. We used to send out our stuff and do auctions, do consignments, all sorts of stuff like that. So I know the value of these things. And baseball cards, if I remember my boss always told me, if it's not a Bowman 70, 71, 72 or younger, I don't even want to freaking see the card. I'm like, okay, I get it. And Bowman is just the name of the card out there. There are others that these guys will enlighten you about. So um, sports memorabilia is something that I love. Look, this is my... My name, my name, Fearman. All right. So I ordered my own jersey. I got it. I have Jerry Rice signed football, Joe Montana signed. Pick. I got a lot of stuff. I don't need to go through it all now and bring all my stuff out here, but I know the value of it. And the value has died drastically over the past 30, 40 years. But apparently, there's a little surge in this comeback over here. And I'm interested to hear why, because I know I got still a whole bunch of baseball cards lying around. I know I got a Don Mattingly rookie card. I don't know how much that's going to go for this year, but that's in pristine mint condition. So I love it. And I'm so into it. I've worked in the field. I love doing the auctions. It's a hell of a lot of fun, Shane. But I haven't been in the game now for about three or four years because to me, it died. And I just went along kind of living my life, doing my thing. I, I still got all my stuff. I got my Yogi Berra signed picture standing next to Babe Ruth. How I got that, I, I have no idea still to this day, but somehow it ended up in my collection of all these signatures. Willie Mays when he was on the Mets, all this sort of stuff. So, Shane, talk to me about the surge in sports memorabilia, which I love that it's coming back because I might make, I can make a buck or two now. Yeah. Um, so – with COVID came um, what I would call COVID boredness. Uh, I was laid off from work and I decided to join um, what was pretty foreign to me at the time. It was called a card break. And basically you pay for a spot, you get a team, and then uh, there's someone on, uh, they use twitch.tv. Uh, they open the packs and you get the players from the team that you were randomly assigned or that you picked and bought. 
And uh, my first big hit was a rookie uh, hat patch, Will Smith from the Dodgers. And uh, basically, it was the LA logo that's on the hat inside of the card. And I uh, was like, I was pretty hyped about it. I got it. It was like a $1,500 card. I sold it for $1,300. And I was like, I was hooked because I paid like $30 for the spot. Wow. So I instantly became hooked. I started collecting. I got more into it. Um, I talked to Ken about it. Ken got into it. Ken actually made a breaking company that uh, I religiously break with. He's an amazing breaker. Uh, he probably knows more about the industry now than I do. And I'm the one that got him into it. And I mean, we all collect cards as a kid and you loved it. I used to do it with my dad all the time. Uh, but now the industry is moving to these, which is a basically a, it's called a, slab, a PSA slab. It's right. rated by PSA. Uh, this is Boba Shet. It's a Topps refractor. Uh, it's probably like right now because he's heating up, probably like a $125 card. Um, I bought it for $70. And so uh, that's what people are investing in to, you know, double, triple their money. Um, the people that break uh, with people like Ken, they'll send their cards into PSA or Beckett. Um, PSA actually shut down because they're like a million cards behind grading right now. Wow. Um, it's taking like a, at least a year to get to get orders back right now, unless you paid an absorbent amount of money to have it expressed like 10 days. Who took over? Was it Steiner? Oh, God, I'm not sure. Ken, do you know who took over like the PSA business? Oh, um, no, but um, the, the, there's a face of PSA. He's on Twitter. I can't. I'm blanking on the name right now, but I, I don't Isn't have it baby cards. It, it's something like that. Yeah, you might be okay. right. Um, but yeah, no, Shane, Shane pretty much nailed it. He explained it, you know, perfectly. It, it's, it yeah, all, Ken, Ken, but I want you, Ken, if you don't mind, what I want you to do while you're talking about this, just give a little explanation of what PSA, JSA, oh, sure. what they all are. So the audience knows. Yeah. So, so PSA, um, PSA is the grading card company. So when you are buying your cards from tops, from Bowman, as you said, or from Panini and the case of, you know, Panini makes, Panini sort of like tops his rival company and battle for the licenses and, and stuff like that. And you'll pull your cards out of there. You'll, you know, you'll evaluate them and then you'll send them off to PSA or Beckett uh, or, you know, there's a couple others coming up now, um, you know, with the craze has come more demand, more demand equals more companies that are doing it. And um, PSA is kind of the industry leader, you know, they're the, the, uh, the, the, if you can, what, what Bitcoin is the crypto PSA is the card grading, uh, so to speak. That's good. Good analogy. So, you know, you know, those those are what go for the most. As Shane said, there's he's got that that refractor uh, Chrome Bobachette, and you know it, it's it's all about a give and take. You know, at the end of the day, if you're in it to make money, it could be a struggle. You might not. You might break even. Sometimes you'll buy into a break. It's, it's sort of a gamble. You might wake out, you might not. Um, the story that got me into it was I bought into a break with a, with a $20, $30 spot and um, ended up getting a, a, a Vlad Guerrero Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr. dual autograph that oh, I still have. I haven't sold it yet. And uh, You should show that, Ken. Oh, I should. Yeah. If I have, I think it's over there, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun to get back into it. I don't know if you've seen on the news, but there's this sort of big influx of, of demand for retail cards, cards that you could walk into target, walk into Walmart and get. Um, 
it got to the point where first there were people waiting in lines in stores, waiting for the vendors to show up to get wow. these cards. Uh, that translated into Target saying, oh, we're only going to do this on Fridays at 9 a.m. So people were camping out overnight just to get their hands on this sealed wax product of cards, not knowing what's inside. Wow. Um, it got to the point where Target was spending so much money on police details and security and employee safety, they scrapped it. You can't even go into Target to buy baseball cards right now um, because wow. of the demand. To, to give you an example, you know, I, I think it was the basketball product, big, uh, Prism, Prism is a big basketball product that right. released um, a month or two ago. And I was lucky enough, I, had, I was just in a Walmart and the person was stalking. I, I, I stumbled upon it and I grabbed two of them, um, went home and started looking at the comps. Those boxes that were $20 each were selling on the aftermarket for $200, 10 times your money just for not even doing anything. So if you had an avenue and you had an outlet and you could get your hands on it, it was a really good source of income for some of these kids, these high school kids that were going and hanging out at Target all day waiting for cards and um, wow. So it could be thought of as a good thing. It could be thought of as a bad thing because certain kids can't get their hands on cards anymore without paying these crazy aftermarket prices. But unbelievable. it sort of just all goes into the, 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 the premise that the hobby just got reinvigorated by the by, by the pandemic. And, and um, it's really something. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed my time being a part of it. And, and like I said, I, I do run some some breaks with with East Coast Breaking Co. Um, uh, from time to time. It's, it's it's a lot of fun. We have a great community, and it's it, it's that's really what it's all about. You know, if you're in it to make money, you, you might be disappointed, but if you're in it to collect the cards you love, get the players you love, meet some awesome people, it's a really good time. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I love that, guys. You guys explained that really well. And I'm going to go to Andrew now and just say a couple of things because you know I know exactly what you guys are talking about. You know, especially when doing consignments and things like that, we put together in a, a whole box. So you make sure nothing's breaking, whether it's pictures, um, helmets, footballs, baseballs, anything like that. You send it out. You expect a certain price. You know, you bring it back. So I was on both ends of that. And yeah, sometimes you open a box like, oh damn, I got an Eli Manning. Uh, uh, jersey, a signed jersey, pretty cool. You know what? Store it in the closet, man. Good one. So, yeah, I, you can you could do really well with that stuff. And I again, I was bigger on it when I was a kid, and then kind of lost touch over the past couple of years, Andrew. But I hear where these guys are coming from, and now it's making a comeback. I feel like I need to get back in the business. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I've kind of taken a break over the past few months just because I I, I was kind of so deep into it uh, with you guys. <laughs> Over the past, I would say over the winter time, I was, I was, you know, fall and winter, I was, I was pretty big in on it. And, you know, for me, I kind of just started, you know, participating in the breaks because I wanted to see what I could get. You know, it wasn't for me, you know, if I did have something and I tried to sell it, you know, if I got something out of it, great. But really, I was trying to see what I could get for myself. Um, <laughs> and I did get a few cards I really like, and I still have them, and, and I like them, and I enjoy yeah. having them. You still have the uh, Alan Feneca autograph? Yeah, you know, I was yeah. just <laughs> spending too much money also. You know, it, it was kind of getting to be a lot, and I kind of had to cool it. But, you know, I I could see myself getting back into it uh, later this year. Uh, I'm still in the Discord. I'm still seeing what y'all are doing. Y'all are doing big things and uh, getting – and bigger and that's awesome you know it's it's definitely thrilling being in a break seeing the potential 
of whatever team that you chose. You know, for me, I like collecting a lot of the Steelers. Steelers are my team. So, you know, the biggest thing for me is if I ever got like a Jerome Bettis autograph, I'd probably cry. That would be. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not as big into cards as, as Shane and Ken, but you know, if I got something like that, that would be life changing for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hear you. So, uh, one more point. Yeah. To uh, what's driven the the hobby really is. Uh, when the pandemic hit, there was a lot of uncertainty in Wall Street. So a lot of uh, big whales with Wall Street uh, liquidated their funds from some of their stocks and put it into cards because they felt like cards were more of a, uh, I guess it's more tangible and they could see what their money's worth. So that's really what drove the hobby as well uh, moving forward. And then like Ken said, um, the sealed wax product, the retail product you can buy for 20 bucks and then resell for two to $300 a box is really what pushed the hobby forward. And um, the way I take it is like for people listening, don't um, go into a break thinking you're gonna hit it big. Uh, Cause a lot of times you don't, you don't hit the big whale cards all the time. It's I've hit maybe four huge cards. One of them was from Ken. It was a Justin Herbert that I forgot he, he pulled for me. It was before Herbert even started starting. And now he's like the, the hot commodity in the NFL world is anything Herbert sells for big bucks. And, um, but the way I take it, the way I look at it is get what you love, collect what you love. Because if the hob, if the card bubble does burst again, which it could, um, the cards that are worth nothing, at least they're worth something to you. Exactly. Right. Right. That that makes perfect sense. Exactly. You know, get the stuff that you love. Exactly. Because you know what? If it's not going to leave your house and you're not going to get money, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, back back for it. At least you got something that you really love. You know, a team, a player, whatever it may be. Yeah, that that stuff. It's really, really exciting. And I I, I can feel I'm getting like energetic talking about it, thinking I'm putting myself back in my office and I'm like. Up, open up the box. What do we got over here? All right. And how much money we got for this thing? Okay. This is a lot of fun. Loving it. And just remember like different pieces coming in. I was like blowing me away. And then, you know, seeing like the first Saquon Barkley Penn State. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I want all this stuff, man. It's great. Mm-hmm. The thing about the cards is you guys know, if they are not, in, listen, everybody out there listening, if you got cards, don't waste your time. If they're in crappy shape, these things have to be in mint premium, pristine condition, unless we're talking about a card from the 50s, 40s, 30s, 20s that will have maybe, you know, Luke Garrett that has his signature on it. That card could look like shit and you're still going to get a lot of money. But anything, again, that is recent, like where Shane had showed you, it's got to be in mint condition, A plus all the way, right? Um, Michael Jordan rookies, which are still... I mean, I would consider rather new because it's from the 80s. So, I mean, it's pretty – not super new, but uh, PSA 6 is Michael Come Jordan on. rookies go for thousands. So, I mean, not every card has to be mint. But, like, if you're looking for – if you're looking at newer cards, yeah, they've got to be pretty good condition yeah. unless it's unless it's Mike Trout. Yeah, tell, tell everybody about Mike Trout. What's this card going for, Shane? Tell them. So, it was a, a – it was a – I think it was a to five number to five Mike Trout auto rookie uh, sold for four million dollars. So all Trout are are pretty expensive. Uh, same with Mookie Bet Mookie Betts rookies are pretty expensive as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, those would be a couple of the 
guys up there that would make a lot of sense. So I think Jacob DeGrom, my boy in New York Mets, uh, his car should be worth something signed. But when you're on the Mets, uh, not things, things aren't really worth a whole lot over there with the New York Mets, unfortunately. But I love my team. I live and die with all of them. The Mets, the Knicks, and the 49ers. I'm living and dying with you guys tonight. This has been great. It's been all living. This has been a lot of fun. Different kind of podcasts we did this time. And I loved it. Even getting into the sports memorabilia stuff, which I haven't even talked about in a couple of years. So, I'm like, yeah, you, you guys are making me I have to go running. I got to see what I got right now. I'm like, all right, it's going to be a traditional. So, yeah, I got some stuff. Maybe I'll make a few dollars. So, that makes a lot of sense. But this has been awesome. I'm so glad you guys agreed to come on. I really appreciate it. Let's go round table and just let everybody know where they can find you and what you're all about and what you're doing. Viggy, take it away, man. You first. All right. Well, I'm doing, you know, during the baseball season, uh, doing a lot of no run first inning. Uh, bets and you can find me at Viggy Bets. Uh, best best bet in sports. It, it gets you riled up. Uh, it's a quick 10 15 minute bet. It gets over with pretty quickly. Uh, you know, it's just it's it, it keeps you on your toes, man. I love it. Uh, so come on, follow me, Viggy Bets. Let's have some fun this year. All right, no doubt, no doubt. I'll be hitting you up in football season. I promise. There's no question about it. And we'll have we'll have plenty of football stuff, you know, when that time comes. Not just All baseball. Right. Can't wait. Can't wait. Absolutely excellent, Mr. Kenbo J. Slice. First Kenbo time we do this, man. First time we got this. I'm real happy we did. No, I know. Yeah, I know. And yeah, it's been it's been a blast. Thank you, thank you, uh, truly, for the invite, and thank you, Shane, for uh, thinking of me when when uh you were invited and yeah it's been it's been a great time honestly and and if you uh are ever interested in a card break i think i could be your guy i might be able to help you out you know um as you can see my handle there is on the screen kimbo j slice uh at ec breaking co is our uh handle for our um the breaks that we run our breaking company uh you'll know the place when you see that logo you can even scan that if you're a super fancy. You can get into our Discord. Um, yeah, no obligation. There. You don't even have to join a break. If you want to join the Discord, give us a follow on Twitter. You want to get into the hobby. Um, honestly, no obligation. Just looking to grow a community, and we'd be honored to have any of you. I think the fans are really going to like this. I think that you like lit a little light bulb above everybody's head over there with the sports. Everybody's like, oh, really? You know, sports and I can maybe make money off it? This sounds interesting. Really good job out of you guys. Shane, go for it, man. Tell them all about it. Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, You can follow me at S underscore Miller underscore 27. Um, I talk about sports, uh, the challenge. Uh, I also do a lot of baseball card selling and buying on my Twitter. that's kind of my, my side gig right now. Um, I'm, I make pretty good money at it. So if you ever have questions, please feel free to shoot me a DM. Um, I can definitely go over uh, how to comp out cards. Uh, definitely join the Discord. Uh, the Discord is a, is a big family. Uh, Ken did an amazing job putting that community together. And uh, it's really like a second home to me. I, if I have questions, I go there because there are a lot of experienced collectors there. Uh, if you're ever interested in getting into the hobby, definitely uh, hit me up. Um, and I also just love to talk sports, so uh, hit me up. No doubt. Hey, I got to tell you guys, down here in Miami, where I don't live in Miami, you know, a little bit north of it, but there's athletes all over the place. And um, a friend of mine is he's a photo bomber. I mean, he was showing me all these pictures when the, when the uh, Super Bowl was here. He got in with everybody. So, I mean, he's 
that thing's always around. I ran into Ty Lord at a gas station like the other day. I mean, these things are just ridiculous. They're all over the place. I've seen Antonio Freeman like four times at a restaurant. Down here, it's a lot of fun. You can get autographs for free down here. So come up to my Miami for a little while. I mean, get your asses out of here and go back to the cold weather, all right? But get you, you good stuff. Come, you got to come up to Orlando, Jason, so we can get a beer. You, remember, yeah, I'm in hey, Florida. Man. Hey, that's oh, right. That's right. Yeah. Man. You know all about it. So, hey, bro. Hey, listen. You come south, I go north. Bam, yeah, beer is right there. That's middle, man. I'm definitely cooler. If you want to go uh, catch a game, definitely go catch like a Bucks game or something. Oh, Meet in the middle of Tampa. It's great. <laughs> you know what, Shane? I'm going to give you a call later, without a doubt. Yeah, got to yeah, do yeah, that. Got to do that. Well, we'll, do, we'll definitely do it. And, you know, this show is awesome. You, you, look, you never know what to expect, but I had a great time. I'm looking at the clock right now. I feel like we've been doing it for five minutes. It's over two hours. This has been absolutely beautiful. You guys all brought it today. No, um, the, uh, which, which way did he go, George? You guys know exactly what you're talking about. I appreciate that, and I really appreciate you guys coming on. And, again, Shane, Andrew, it's been such a long time. And, now Ken, you're in the mix, man. I'm loving it. That jersey, I may not love that jersey so much, but I'm loving uh, you, brother. I'm loving you. <laughs> anytime, though. Anytime, Jason. Actually, I kind of like those jerseys. They, the patch jerseys, I kind of like the ones that they I like them, too. I like the I rest. Like I like the sleeve. Yeah, I do shoulders. like them. It almost looks like, like a big T-shirt, but it looks pretty cool. I like it a lot. It I like does. It, it does. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, again, thank you, for, thank you for having us, Jason. I really appreciate yeah, it. Thank you, Jason. Oh, man. Thank you, Jason. That was great. Guys, the pleasure was all mine. It really was all mine. I know it's getting late. We all got things to do. We got to make money tomorrow, wake up early and do what we got to do. So listen, again, thank you guys so much. I want to do this again, and I want to do a power rankings with you guys the next time we do this. So do we'll it. be in touch and make this thing happen, all right? Let's do it. Yeah. All right, guys. In the words of Porky Pig, bleep, bleep, bleep. That's all, folks. We're out of here. Hope you enjoyed it. See you later.